where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hi. I was telling you earlier, I'm very interested in the uh, week-by-week case numbers on the flu like we talked about on Sunday, but I had not bothered to look into my own state. I only saw those Mm. national numbers. And so I, I went uh, I went Googling to see what sort of flu cases, because you know there are states with zero. If there are 17 nationwide last week or the week prior, there are m- most states, in fact, have zero. That's absurd. Um, it's properly spring around here. We are one of the goose egg states, Montana is. not, And actually, Montana isn't just a goose egg for the that week of February that we talked about. Montana is a goose egg for the entire flu season. There has not that been is crazy. one case of the flu granted we're only a state of a million people we're not the biggest but a million people a you million should people. have you should have like a thousand cases right i don't know i actually didn't look up what the typical uh caseload is per flu season but it is not zero and i have a hard time believing that uh cloth masks hanging off people's faces at home <sighs> depot is the reason why the flu has disappeared in entirety not just mostly but in its entirety uh yeah but we're gonna pretend that we're going to go forward with this. And I saw it on uh, CNN already. Exactly the narrative we were talking about on Sunday, which is look what we did to the flu. We better do this each and every winter. They're already talking about it. It's already ridiculous. The pieces are coming into place. Anyway, uh, welcome to the call in show. If you are new instructions on how to participate are in the YouTube description. Uh, we will get to our callers in a randomized order, as we always do. If you'd like to participate in the show, but you can't do it live, you can send us a message, uh, a question through a message. Again, the only place we're accepting email questions is through the website. There is a call-in show question form on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. And it looks like people are doing a good job uh, moving over there. So thank you guys for using the new system. It helps us streamline th- uh, streamline things. And of course, we will catch up with Super Chat on YouTube and Tippy Stream. And if DLive allows things, who knows? And maybe Trovo too. We will uh, catch up there as well every half hour. Other than that, <laughs> hop into the calls unless there are any other items to discuss. Now, if my parents are watching, my mom was like, are you going to brush your hair before the show? No. <laughs> I'm also going to eat ice cream like seconds before we go live. Well, remember, you can never you there not one snack can ever be eaten on the stream. You'll get an angry email. Yeah, had to happen. Orwell's ghost, you there? Yeah, what's going on, guys? Hi. Doing all right. How are you? Pretty good. I uh just getting the like pre-wedding shit. Oh yeah. Per- what's your date again? Yeah. Uh Easter weekend. Oh wow, so relatively soon. Um, yeah, yeah. Next next couple of weeks. Remind me, are you guys doing like a traditional event or are you scaling down or what's your plan? No, no, we have we have to scale down. We have to scale down because of uh, we've got some family members who, you know, who don't want to. They're not particularly convinced on all this covid shit, but they at the same time, they don't want to really want to take the risk. And, yeah, sure. And, and And we've got local 
injunctions that you know prevent us from having more than 21 people in the fucking chapel 21 seriously oh my god yeah, hmm. yeah but it, draw it's, a number it's, from it's a hat I, I drew 50 you drew 21 no 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 we <laughs> made it very simple like i even i even put put out everything on facebook on yeah. my, with my facebook friends i was just like we're sorry so we only invited immediate family um <sighs> It was it was like my brothers and her brothers and then our parents and a grandparent and a couple of uncles and that's it. So mm. um so we and we managed to scale it down to that level, but uh no, other than that, everything's everything's coming along fine. I uh you know, I got she's she's excited, I'm excited, and yeah, and, got, and that's all uh, that matters. Good for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we're we're gonna be moving pretty soon, starting starting a whole new thing and a new house and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be great. And I just, where, where are you so excited? I'm sure you told us before, yeah. where are you moving? Uh, we're moving to Hampton roads, Virginia. So like oh. Virginia beach, Norfolk, Chesapeake area. So that should be, that should be pretty great. And, um, I just finished, I just finished a semester of grad school and came out with a four Oh and the oh, highest wow. grade in, in one of my classes. So congrats. Was, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I was, I was, uh, I was, I was, watching oh god this was like one of sargon's like last live streams and i was t- i was talking about how i sent him a super chat basically saying you know my plan is to go in is to get my phd which it's looking more and more like i'm going to end up and get because my gpa is pretty damn high and and uh in, in my mat in my graduate school and i'm just going to go in and fucking like suicide bomb academia with you know just <laughs> red pill bullshit metaphorically susan yes metaphor yes yeah, susan, hey, metaphorically, we can say whatever like- we want on this uh, show it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah I, i'll get to yeah. that in a moment when your call is done i i have to talk about it on yeah. sunday too but yeah sorry but yeah so that yeah. so yeah but any anyhow everything's everything's going well and i'm gonna i'm gonna fuck with the guys in the call-in waiting room because they said i'm gonna take like six minutes but i'm not so oh, i'm gonna wow. let everybody else efficient go, so. well c- congratulations yeah. and all the best on the uh a big, big life events coming up. Best of luck on the 19th, as uh, Rose McGowan would say. Uh, yep. Uh, to you guys, too. I appreciate yeah. it. We'll talk next week. Thanks. All right. Take care. Uh, to update people on or uh, to explain what Blonde was referencing. So I thought that Sunday's stream was going to be. I always think it's going to be the act stream. Why? Uh, because Blonde, one, said the N-word, quoting the President of the United States. No, no, I said past tense N-word. As a verb. Yeah. And two, you said something to the effect of, I want to execute Dr. Levine. Something. No, no, we saw Dr. Levine, and I said, kill it with fire. Right, okay. And so I'm thinking, ah, is this going to be the one? Not only was it not the one, but I, you know, I appealed for monetization just because that's the fun thing to do. Within, like, the morning, like by Monday morning, Susan's team was back. Congratulations, Matt. This video looks great for ads. Fully compliant. <laughs> All you, sure, there was a racial slur. Uh, sure, repeatedly, actually, from Joe Biden's mouth. But, you know, sure, there was uh, <laughs> casual references and encouragement of violence. Yeah. Uh, Coca-Cola loves it. Verizon loves it. So. Yeah, I just. I just don't give a fuck anymore. I just don't care. <laughs> some of us are begging you, but mm. at least we have some ally on the inside of YouTube who is, uh, we must help us really out. Must. Yeah. Which is, which is crazy. Cause I, I, a lot of friendly channel or channels who are friendly with us have been fully demonetized as in no super chat, everything banned for way less than has been said on our stream. But 
Don't. <laughs> uh, Neutratus, you're good to go if you're ready. Hey, how are you? Doing well. Living the dream. How about you? Indeed. Doing well. I'm uh, planning a hike over in the West this year. I wanted to get your opinions or recommendations on the different characterizations of each state. Um, mm. so I'm looking at Idaho, Montana, uh, Wyoming, and South Dakota. Okay. Uh, I have. I don't know much about trails or wilderness in Idaho really at all. And I know a little bit about Grand Teton mm. in Wyoming, but that's about my, the extent of my... Tetons uh, are beautiful. I went there last year. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Teton, Grand Teton and just the Jackson area in general is like fairy tale type stuff. It's an awesome place. Are um, we talking like topography or just uh, ways of living there? Um, I like mountains and, and lakes and stuff of living there. Oh, OK. So you're yeah. not looking for like yeah. trip recommendations. You're looking for places to move. So while I'm on the trip, there's places to go. Right. Um, hmm. But I'm also doing investigative work while I'm there on what would be a good place to live. So both really. Oh, I see. Um, okay. You want to go first, Gag? Well, I think pretty much any of those states are a fairly good pick to live if you're moving. <sighs> you don't want to live in Wyoming, man. Why not? <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. Wyoming would, I would gladly think about the Casper's thing is, okay. uh, well, actually underrated spot is, uh, Kanye knows about it. Cody, Wyoming. Oh. But the thing about Wyoming or really any of these states, but especially Wyoming or South Dakota, you probably need to have some level of establishment before moving there because the likelihood cost of living is low, but the likelihood of getting a good paying job also is pretty low. No. Yeah. So it, uh, depending on what your resources may be, uh, that would be a factor. I would say you probably have a higher likelihood of higher earning potential in Idaho or Montana. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Idaho's a problem in terms of industry. Okay. Remember what, we what had your... that caller who like moved to yeah. Coeur d'Alene and he's like, I can't make it work. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, what do you, what are your biggest needs? Is it just, uh, are you just trying to get the hell away from people? Are you trying to get a good job? What are you trying to do? Um, I'm trying to live in a place that's a freer state than, um, New York or Massachusetts or any of those. Well, they're all going to check that box. Thank God. Yes. Yeah, so they all yeah. check that. I love, I love uh, hiking and going on through hikes. So okay. proximity to, to nice, nice mountains and, and lakes and hiking areas is good. I mean, they all have that too. Just depends on the spot. Uh, there's a lot. Eastern Montana is a lot of, uh, a lot of prairie, a lot of farmland type stuff. Same with Eastern South Dakota, but e even South Dakota, like the Black Hills, if you're into yeah, mountain sports, the Black Hills are pretty sweet. Like I, I honestly, we consider and talk about moving there somewhat frequently. Well, okay. I also don't like the desert, so eastern Wyoming is pretty much off the table. Yeah. yeah. When uh, I was driving through Wyoming, I actually felt like I was driving through <laughs> Mars or something. <laughs> it is so desolate. Yeah. Uh, so much nothing. And a lot of Montana, too. Butte is the worst place I've ever been in my life. Butte is a rough town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, uh, yeah. It, it, Bozeman, well, Big Sky, your... those are the, the, the places where the money is moving in right now. Uh, what's your jam? Do you like a really small town, moderate size? What do you like to do? Um, I like I like pretty small towns, not like incredibly rural where you have to drive forty five minutes to get groceries or anything. But well, uh, if you can handle yeah. a town of like fifteen hundred people, Wallace is super cool. 
Hmm. Okay. Um, don't move to Kellogg. It's a shithole. <laughs> Coeur d'Alene's awesome, but real estate is, yeah, it's sure. just terrible. I mean, it's terrible. If you like the so, Tetons also, if, uh, I'm told that prices are going up, but we've talked about Driggs, Idaho for a while. Too, Driggs is which cool. is the west yeah. side of the Tetons. So you get all the Teton beauty without the Jackson bullshit. Yeah. Nice. A Driggs, Idaho. I don't I, I'm told that people are moving in there and real estate is going up. But Driggs is like a town of about 2000 people. The only downside is it's kind of a long way to Idaho Falls or Pocatello. And yeah. to get into Jackson, you got to drive over the Teton Pass, which I don't have a lot of winter experience in Jackson, but I'm betting that's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. That's a pretty gnarly mountain road. So yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, that, that'd be one to consider <laughs> if you were, um, uh, if you were coming to Montana, I mean, obviously I love, I love Bozeman and big sky. I think they're great, but people moving in have really jacked up the real estate market. I was surprised though. We went up to, um, whitefish for our honeymoon and there's still property up in the flathead Lake area. That's fairly affordable. Some of it's kind of old, like 60s, 70s era stuff, but uh, absolutely unbelievable beauty on Flathead Lake and Whitefish. Whitefish is more expensive, but but there's there's stuff to be had up there. Um, If I were moving to Montana now, I would maybe consider Billings or the Flathead Lake area. Okay. Awesome. Well, good luck, man. That's exciting. Congratulations. I appreciate that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah. if I uh, drive close to Bozeman, I'll let you know. Yeah, I, absolutely. I'll be here until they force me out, which <laughs> might be sooner rather than later. But and you're Coeur d'Alene, right? Right, Blanc? yeah, yeah. Cool, nice. Likewise on that. All right, we'll see you, man. Good luck. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good one. <laughs> Damien up next. I always remember Damien from the Thomas Jefferson Avatar. Thomas Jefferson has never been needed more than he is now. Can we reanimate that Thomas Jefferson corpse? Hey, what's up, y'all? <laughs> what's going on, man? Hi. Uh, I thought <laughs> thought maybe I would start with like a little uh, personal story tonight in the hopes that perhaps it will be anecdotally in- informative to some of our viewers hmm. or listeners, I should say, um, which is just that like for the last five months up until yesterday, I was uh, dating a liberal uh, we broke Why? up yesterday. Wow. <laughs> Good question, blonde. Uh, the, the answer is I've, we, I actually spoke with, with you guys kind of about this like a long time ago. I mean, the fundamental problem in the conservative community, especially if you start to get as far right as some of us are, is that, you know, there's so many more men than women. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I've talked about this before, like, it, you know, there's not enough men or there's not enough women for all the men in the far right sphere. Right. So, and I certainly consider myself far right in some ways. So either, you know, the the point is not every guy is going to be able to get a girl in this, in this game. Right. Would you agree? Yeah. So yeah, it's I mean, highly competitive. Yeah. So you can like either fight to be one of those guys who do, who does match with a, a equally conservative or nearly as conservative girl, or you can do what I did, or you can just completely give up and just say, okay, love is not in my life. <laughs> were you, you can, oh, no. Were you trying to convert or were you just going to be content with her views? Uh, I was trying to be content with her views. I was mm-hmm. trying to say like, you know, there is a lot more to a life together than what our political views are. Like hopefully we can well, make each other happy in ways that are significant enough that our political differences don't have to be relevant. Yeah. Yeah, You would think that, but it just (laughs) permeates all aspects of life. 
And political <laughs> views are generally based on a fundamental value system. And, yeah. uh, you know, there's kind of like things around the edges that my wife and I maybe have some nuanced disagreement about, but really fundamental stuff. No, I mean, uh, I, I don't, to date, uh, a, a hardcore leftist now, I mean, what did you, did you guys have values in common? Did you have baseline agreement on fundamental things? Uh, well, I, I wouldn't exactly say that we had a strong per se value alignment. I would say we had kind of like a good, like personality alignment, sort of like, uh, was she hot? I don't know, I, <laughs> I, she was about as attractive as me blonde, which is, you know, what an intelligent person strives for. You know, you don't want to go hotter than yourself. You don't want to go uglier than yourself. You want to find someone right in your range. Of course. So I thought she was right in my range. I don't consider myself hot. I don't consider myself ugly. So I, I would say the same for her. Hmm. Um, but, uh, Man, that's what the dating market is for guys these days. Average looking leftists. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm in California for one thing. Oh, so. oh dude, well, I, I oh, understand man. what the hell are you going to do? Not only, I mean, women are the way that they are right now, but you're talking in California. What part of California? Uh, Southern California. So ah. like, like LA area or are you, uh, well, even further more South San Diego. Oh, okay. But you're in kind of an urban center. Well, how old is she? Uh, she's 30. I'm 33. Well, what's, what's her fucking plan? She's going to do better <laughs> or something like she's 30. Well, that's what's interesting. She is sort of not that optimistic about doing better, um, hmm. which is you know, part of the reason. I mean, she was she was just as sad as I was about the end of the relationship. Well, wait, um, who broke up with she, whom? Well, it was like sort of mutual because, okay. um, you know, these differences kind of were driving us apart. I would say more. I would say that, you know, the impetus was more on her end, like because I was trying to tolerate her views. And ultimately, one of the big sticking points was that she couldn't reciprocate that. You know, she couldn't tolerate my like huh. racism and my view on <laughs> COVID and masking and other oh, man. conservative, conservative well, views. So, I, I don't know. Maybe if you like if you left California, you'd have better luck because I just have a hard time believing that California is the same demographics in terms of dating as the rest of the country. Like, like you can't move to Missouri and find a, a 19 year old. That's like somewhat malleable. No, you, why? Why? Well, why can't you do that? How tall are you? Well, <laughs> the key question. <laughs> it is an important question. I'm five, nine and a quarter. Well, that's above average. Barely. About average for about average for white. I think. Yeah. Well, that's pretty um, good. I mean, you're not a short dude. Yeah. So that is my next plan. I mean, my plan is to sell my home here in uh, California and, you know, go find a more conservative place to live and hope that love awaits me there. But if you're a I, property I just want... owner in California, though, holy cow, that's yeah, good cash for you, out, man. You, you might I'm be able to trade to... out for something in a place like, yeah, Midwest, Texas, whatever, and get something really awesome if you if you own property there. Indeed, indeed. I, do, I, don't, I don't know. know. Don't be totally I... hopeless. Maybe it'll work out for you. Um. No, I'm not, not hopeless. Sure. I'm not, I'm not hopeless. <laughs> Didn't you say that in the beginning of the call that like love is not in your purview? No, no. I am saying these are the options. I'm saying you can either hold out for a conservative girl or you can give up and say it's hopeless or you can do what I did and try dating a liberal. I'm just, I was just saying those are the options. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, if, so like I tried dating a liberal, it didn't work out super well. So I'm not ready to resign myself completely yet. I'm not hopeless. So I'm going to, you know, try for a more conservative girl for the next time around. And to your point, uh, 
I, I guess both of you said this, you know, it'd probably be advisable to change my location to increase the chances of that. So that's yeah, what I'm just, just don't get to 40. That's, <laughs> but you have a long time. Advice. I mean, you still do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the male wall age where girls are like, mm, that's too old. <laughs> where you go Where's from eligible to creepy is right yeah, there. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like that's you're 39. Still, uh, that's still many right. years off. Are you um are you a uh native Californian? Have you lived there your whole life? Or are you did you <laughs> no, go there later? I was I was raised in uh Illinois. So I lived in Illinois for oh. the first 17 years of my life, and then I came out to California for college, and I've been here for the last 16 years of my life. Okay, so oh. how much loyalty do you feel to California? How much would it bother you to leave it? Well, I mean, you know, given the political direction of the state I, I, and where it already is, I feel extremely little loyalty yeah, to California. Okay. I mean, the, the only thing that's keeping me in California is the great weather and the fact that I own a property here. So, dude, I, but but I, I don't know the state of your property, obviously, but I I bet if you have a shanty in San Diego, you could trade it out for a mansion in Dallas. Mm, and, I don't know about that. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> seriously, like. I, I I bet you could get something incredibly nice in yeah, another part well, of the country. I, I was looking at some, you know, uh, South Dakota real estate and yeah. uh, let Christy know and protect my uh, freedom up there. And yeah. certainly, you know, for like one fifth of the price, I could get uh, something that's actually quite a bit nicer than what I find a nice here, farm so. girl. Live out the rest of your days. You just got to become hardy for the winters. But mm-hmm. I think you'll manage. <laughs> and your so your yeah. financial situation is good. You're You're doing well. Yeah, it's it's very good. I'm actually like already like quasi retired. So oh, okay, well. you should be fine. All right, yeah, you're, you're gonna be fine. A 33 year old wealthy dude of average height should be able to find some, a woman that's not an average looking leftist that's 30. Yeah, this is fucking <laughs> there crazy. Are, there are definitely greener pastures for you elsewhere. I think. Yeah, just check out demographic information before you move somewhere. <laughs> Don't worry, blood. I certainly am. <laughs> That's why no, his girlfriend no, broke up with No, not the racial thing. Not the racial <laughs> thing. No, no. But but like, make sure that there's a good mix of younger women. Ah. Uh, so you need an age and gender breakdown. Got you. Got you. All right. Well, my call's gone on super long. Sure. Thanks for uh, talking yeah. through this with me. Thank all. you, man. Appreciate Have it. Good night. And it's such, dating is such a bummer. It's such a rough market for. For guys. Well, I mean, that's crazy for me to hear. It's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a guy who's got my life in order. You know, I've got my finances taken care of. I own, you yeah. know, I, I own something good. Um, but I have to find, I don't know. I have to find some crazy communist to marry or something. It's, What's that uh, chick going to do though? Like, what is Well, she- who knows? Uh, who knows? I, I, I can't speculate, but uh, presumably get a very fulfilling career. That's what she's going to do. The most fulfilling My, magic sky fairy is up next. Isn't she freaking out though? Uh, I'm sure the biological necessity will kick in. Yeah. But who knows? <sighs> magic sky fairy. Are you there? What's on your mind? Um, well, I'm going to tackle a question uh, that got a guy booted off the stream, but it was not so much the question as his poor navigation of it. So oh, is this the tranny guy? This is the trendy guy. It's, uh, by the way, it's not the question that got him booted. It's that guy's uh, bad faith in the past. And you know I, what yeah. it is? I've never seen that guy, but I know I would hate his face. I just <laughs> yeah. know I would. Yeah. No, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure I'd hate his face too. Uh, but I hate what's behind the face more. 
this Aww. smug, stupid brain. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, so the question I'm still going to, because I've been thinking about it, because I got confronted with that question by a leftist myself. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I was asked the question, what's the difference between drunk drinking and driving versus walking around outside without a mask? And Did you put this in? Did you send this to us also? No. Why should oh, Did, Was okay. I supposed to? No, we got a, an identical question. Okay, proceed. Yeah, I think that, but this is a, I think it's just a common question that liberals think they've got a gotcha. With oh, this sure. One. Yeah. So I feel compelled to engage with it because I feel well, like this is an analogy that fails at several levels. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. If you've got a, if you want to take it, take it on, go for it. Well, I, I was going to, but I'd like your thoughts. So I'll tell you how I answered it at the time. Uh, for one thing, I said, well, why does it have to be drinking and driving? Why not just dr- driving, period? Yes, it, it, driving itself carries inherent risk to others. Inherent risks, yeah. Right. Why do we allow And at that? the time, uh, your answer to, uh, what were we calling him, Tranny, tr- whatever his name was? Anyway, Tranny Boy. Um, <laughs> your answer to him was that uh, the level of risk was not generally comparable. Yeah. And I agree with that, but I don't think, like, even if, the level of risk let's say that covid had a 50 percent uh, infection fatality rate mm-hmm. still i would not be of the opinion that government regulation uh w- would be an ethical thing to do well here, uh, here's, or needed let me clarify that just a just a little bit what i mean by that is there is a certain baseline level of risk of just being a human that is to yeah. say, me being a person going about my normal life carries some inherent risk to others namely the transmission of biological agents that could infect you. That's that's just a reality of the biological world. It always has been. So when I say they're not the same risk level, what I mean is that there are things that are way beyond the sort of inherent risk of just being a person. Drunk driving would be one of them. And then there are things that are just kind of inherent to humanity, like viruses exist. That's That's kind of the point that I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. But even beyond that, like there's just you don't even have to be just uh, resigning yourself strictly to viruses. Like I got in a fight in high school once because I lost my temper. I didn't plan to go out and lose my temper and punch a kid. Now, that kid didn't die, but he could have. I mean, Hmm. that's an outcome that was plausible. Right. Um, So all this to say, the only way to certainly just never have anybody die by anybody else's hand or involvement or anything. It's just it's impractical in a way that is just irrational you can't reduce that to zero yeah. right um, exactly and and the only but, well the and the only way to get close is to imprison everybody that's the only way um yeah but he was still saying nevertheless you're imposing so this i'm talking with the not tranny guy but i guess effectively him too um this liberal that i was arguing with uh was saying that uh sure so i told him if you're all going out to let's say a store or a gathering or whatever it is where people everybody involved even if that's not necessarily a planned event but just going to a park or a warehouse or whatever it is and everybody's inside uh no masks and it says with a big sign out front there's no masks here uh we're not doing any social distancing just do whatever the fuck you want this is a free area mm-hmm. um he would call that you know a super spreader event because sir everybody inside has agreed to take on that risk but what about the people they go out uh and you know then they could spread it to other people who didn't consent to that risk. With Only if body. they were forced to associate or forced to be within proximity, though. Yeah. Well, well, that's what I was I was going to say is that the principle of agency still extends. So if I'm an at-risk person, I think it's uh, my responsibility to just 
vet the people that I'm going to spend time with and be in close close proximity to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's the government's job to turn the entire world into a sanitized safe space for the most vulnerable among us. Yeah. Uh, and the other point I made was that I don't even think that this approach uh, has been successful. Uh, no, it, anyway. it clearly hasn't. Um... Well, I say that and you say that, but he said, no, it clearly has, because in Italy... Uh, he is saying that, oh, they had all these COVID cases, the beds were all used up, uh, and then they locked down, and then, you know, the cases slowed down. because well, What also happened? All so the successful. old people died. They have a, a a way older population than the average country. This is all nonsense. None of this happened. This isn't real. That's not real. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what I was saying, too. Yeah. And, and, and he looked at me like I was just like, what? I mean, but it was on the news, and they saw the footage, and why would they... You know, like you just don't believe the reports they gave. And I said uh, a little bit of both. Uh, yeah. I think they have embellished and exaggerated. And also the average age of death there was literally 79 years old in those Itali- in that Italian, uh, you know, which remains true in this country. Called. The last I've seen is that the average age of a coronavirus death is right in line with average death overall. And even these stats that say, well, the risk to people over age, whatever, 70, 75 is, is so gigantic. Yet the risk of anything to any to a person age 70 plus is uh, gigantic. Those people tend to die because they're old. So a flick can do it sometimes. The yeah. risk of falling down the stairs is astronomically high. Right. And I, like I know for me personally, like I just do not consider this is a thing that if I got COVID and I think I already did get COVID last year, uh, I just would not care. Like, I'm just not afraid of it. I will not modify my life beyond the reasonable, like, just washing my hands and basic hygiene stuff and not licking doorknobs, that kind of thing. Um, I'm I'm pro-doorknob licking. That's how bad this has gotten. (laughs) I'm in favor, actually. (laughs) Well, we'll call that a peaceful disagreement. But I I do think, uh, I I don't know if this call has uh, helped anybody uh, understand this particular wedge issue because again the, the reason that uh, we're seeing it a lot is because liberals do like to bring it up and i do think it is a fraudulent analogy well and and uh, to go not that i endorse this idea but the uh, the topic of drunk driving is an interesting one but we've talked about it on this show before where there are some people of the perspective that unless there is actually a victim it shouldn't be a crime I, i'm not sure i would go that far yeah, I don't get that far. Um, but there are people of that perspective that if you actually don't victimize anybody, it should not be a crime in and of itself. Yeah, I can see that argument, but I I just, in practical terms, I mean, it, it fails too easily because you are driving a death machine uh, around. And I think there is a reasonable expectation by the people who are out in, you know, just wandering around or driving on the road with you uh, that the people who are, driving said death machines uh are not blasted out of their minds speed limits are uh, bullshit too unless you actually crash your car shouldn't be a thing yeah. drive drunk as fast as you want just don't hit anybody you crazy son of a bitch <laughs> right that's the I standard would i want this analogy <laughs> this uh well how is this different from drunk driving well drunk yeah. driving is like you have personally put other people at risk i think it's more just a question of it's more like the, the, the better analogy is that road conditions have deteriorated aggressively. There's reduced visibility and slipperiness, let's say. Mm-hmm. So people who want to go out are making the decision. Uh, am I, do I have the sufficient driving skill and is my vehicle equipped to handle this? Mm-hmm. If not, maybe you should stay home. But if so, uh, maybe go out and drive carefully. Sure. I think that's a I think better that's analogy. Fair. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, that well was thank my you call. for the thoughts. And I guess we have a question on this later, so perhaps we will get into our own thoughts a little bit more. But uh, I, I appreciate hope so. It. I hope you expand on it, and uh, I always like leverage to own the libs with. <laughs> thank you, man. Have, have a good, good night. One. Okay, we are due for a break. Why is everyone still talking about how this is real? This is <laughs> we need to get on your level. Get on my level. Yeah. Doesn't the flu prove anything? Oh, the flu stuff. Okay. Don't get me wrong. It's not that I haven't been baffled by people's willingness to accept the obvious oddities about the coronavirus narratives thus far. But the flu one is so baffling to me. The story I read about Montana flu cases the headline literally was zero flu cases in Montana thus far this flu season because of masking and social distancing. That was part of the headline as though that's obviously true. Yeah. The way people eat that up, you have got to be kidding me. You, you don't have any questions about zero or 99.9% down. Yeah. That, uh, I, I don't know. This is, this is one of those situations where it, it, if that seems sensible to you, I don't know how we can communicate. I'm not saying I, I don't have to say that coronavirus is fake to say that it's there's no reasonable conclusion beyond at least some flu, if not all flu being reclassified and rediagnosed as coronavirus. I don't think that it's fake per se. I just think that in any other year, we probably wouldn't have even noticed that this was a thing. Well, and that that's the classic point. If the news didn't bombard you with it, would you notice that anything is different? Would anybody, would you have seen an uptick, a suspicious uptick in the deaths of any of your friends or family? I saw some retard in my comments. Cause I always say like, you know, people um, look at their, ex- their life experience and mm-hmm. it, it runs contrary to the media narrative. Um, and they're like that, that's stupid logic. That's like saying just because I don't know anybody with cancer, it means cancer doesn't exist. Yeah. But I know, tons of people that have had cancer. So, so what's the deal here? Like, obviously we're supposed to use the information that we have in our day-to-day experiences to inform our larger worldview. And of course, yeah, a, a personal experience is not a substitute for aggregate or comprehensive data, of course, no, but, but, but you'd but have we to be some talk- kind of retard to not use your personal experience to inform. The, and what the are we talking about? Are we talking about a crazy rare uh exotic disease that eats your skin and very few people get no what we're talking about is something that is supposedly an existential threat yeah that is ubiquitous Uh, if it was that present and that threatening you would have more commonly very personal experience with it you just would i'm not saying that your personal experience overrides the data it it doesn't it doesn't and it's not like i have a a unique subset of relationships with people i have old people in poor health in my life. And I know a lot of people. I'm not hugely introverted. And I still know nobody that has died from this. Hmm. No one. Uh, that, that has to mean something. Over on uh, Tippy Stream, Bill says, China is using anal swabs to test foreigners for COVID. It's probably Gross. going to uh, cut down on tourists this year. Perhaps the USA should treat migrant caravans at the border the same way. Speaking of, <laughs> well, you see the migrant caravan that crashed into a semi and like 15 people died. Oh, you hear about that? Huh. Okay. The headline was SUV in Southern California carrying 27 people gets in a crash with a semi and 13, 14, 15 people died. And I shared the story with my wife and she's from Southern California. And she's like, yeah, okay. That was obviously human smuggling. 
That's yeah. obviously illegal is crossing the border. And then the story came out later. Yeah, there's a human smuggling, human trafficking investigation going on into this. And I turn on the news this morning on NBC and they say, uh, yeah, uh, SUV carrying a whole bunch of people crashed into a semi, but it's unclear who was in the car or where they were going. Uh, moving on. But yeah, when was I know this? I, it was yesterday. I Haven't you ever decided with 26 of your friends to get in the car and go shopping down at walmart or target you all just pile into the old chevy blazer oh this one says deadly crash linked to human smuggling that's good yeah yeah but it's uh in other words they fit 27 people in there yeah i don't know i I figured they would have died of suffocation before they even hit the semi maybe that is what happened maybe that's why they hit the semi a regular uh clown car of illegals that's what that was all for the tacos. Sorry, I mean, unidentified people who were going to an unidentified place. We have no idea, even though it was on the border, even though it was an insane amount of people in a car for no reason. This is just this is madness. Totally normal behavior. We don't really know what happened. All right, let me load this really quick. Blah, 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 blah. Wow, I really suck at my job. Okay, um, Blonde's Pigtails says, thanks, Matt. We recommend you as well. We're annoying the hell out of blonde. I know. I braided my hair because I know my mom's watching and she's like, Rebecca didn't brush her hair. And that weird uh, drag queen told you to do it too. Don't forget. Told me to do what? Oh, to braid my hair. Yeah. That's right. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about drag queens. <laughs> it used to be so wholesome until it became politicized, you know? <laughs> Not wholesome, but like, you know, it was it was fun debauchery until it became like a cultural norm hmm. you know what i mean uh i didn't hate degeneracy as much as i do now booty 56 says three day ar lower broke as the buffer tube was threaded in now it's time for another 34 hour print ah mm. failure will not be tolerated have a great night that sucks yeah i guess i hadn't thought of that that the, the plastic threads there would probably have to be pretty strong uh, but best of luck on that if it's uh if it holds up i'd like to know I mean, if you if you can 3d print your own ar parts and have them work. That's pretty. It's a pretty thrilling development. Reality lobster for a COVID reality check. Look at the Africa deaths. Note the lack of talk on CNN about Wakanda numbers. Then think about hmm. the average jogger age and BMI over there. <laughs> uh, that's true. I mean, nobody's talking about COVID in Africa. No, I don't hear about it in third world countries at all. Period. If, if you were African, wouldn't you still be more worried about malaria or any AIDS. number of things? Yeah, I <laughs> I would just not be worried about this. I'd yeah. be worried about getting my hands hacked off. Ebola. Ebola is still a thing, and it was on the rise yeah. recently. Yeah, they, they, they're probably looking at this COVID stuff, and they're like, uh, hmm. witch doctor. I'll never survive to be old enough for that to matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're good over here. Okay, just a few on uh, Trovo. Mike Hawk. I got to be careful. Mike Hawk, 420 Blazin. This is a test. Is this working? Should we redacted the redacted and become the redacted? I assume that is uh, just a bit because I don't think Trovo is that uh, censorship happy, but it did work. Uh, C2K says rapey old Joe has criticized the lifting of mass requirements of the states of Texas and Mississippi, calling it Neanderthal thinking. I did hear that. Don't uh, you want to have a high Neanderthal percentage? One more year. I don't know. Is that beneficial? Genetics? Why is that? I don't know. I have a high Neanderthal percentage and I thought it was a good thing. Hmm. Well, uh, if it's what Joe Biden doesn't like, I guess I'll take Neanderthal thinking. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Let's get back into the calls. Uh, let's see. I've been doing bad on the clock tonight. So let's see if I can improve. Thar W. 
is up next. Thaw, are you there? Yep. What's on your mind? Uh, I got um, one of two things for you. Sure. Um, one of them is uh, like, a, well, you, you, you can pick it. Whether it's a wild conspiracy theory uh, about the uh, Capitol riot or mm -hmm. a, more of a personal question. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm taking the tinfoil, man. You can't yeah, always, you can't bait me with that and not go with it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, like this is like, again, you know, YouTube, the wild speculation, magic eight ball involved, like yeah, nothing yeah. to do with it. Um, but like, what if Brian Sicknick or in the other officers, um, saw something happen? We don't know what it is. We don't know why it happened, but it happened. And either like the other officers couldn't handle it because, you know, whatever. And then they, Jeffrey Epstein themselves, um and then do we, like, real quick pause do we even know that those guys were on were at the capitol that day has that been established no i i don't know okay. i don't know all but right then, well, well let's assume then, they were for the purposes of your theory yeah yeah but then all of a sudden like the border came or like the, the walls came up mm -hmm. but the, the gate came up and then everything stopped down like i have no idea what happened but like like i have a sneaking suspicion that some crazy shit happened mm -hmm. and i don't know what what it could be but um like some crazy shit happened that like or like brian secknick was a fall guy and to to, to cause the whole thing because they're like well you know these these trump rioters aren't gonna actually commit anything well i'm surprised you're not going with the angle of what if they are or maybe this is what you're going with what if they killed him yeah, possibly. Okay. I mean, like, I'm, right. this is just a, you know, maybe that's an uh, an option. And or they like, could be anybody. They could be the Democrats. They yeah. could be, uh, they could be the Capitol Police. Yeah, it could yeah. be. It could be anybody. That's that's more or less my point. Is like, and then like, oh, you got to secure the scheme, make sure that there's no evidence, whatever, whatever. And all of a sudden, boom. Gates the biggest hole in that theory, though, is that according to the medical examiner, he had no signs of of trauma on his body, so he was not right. He was not well, physically beaten. Yes, but physically beaten doesn't mean that he doesn't get a shot of some sort. Mm -hmm. And that would, you know, trigger uh, that could cause a heart attack. Later Give on. him the old stroke aid, the insta stroke shot, you know, M maybe. And like, <laughs> I don't I don't know. I'm just saying I'm just saying that, like, like it was odd that like, no. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm open to any and all tinfoil on this. I don't know if you caught uh, Christopher Ray, the FBI director, has been in front of the Senate or a Senate committee this week talking about the Capitol riot stuff. He was asked about Officer Sicknick, and he said, we will not disclose his cause of death, which you could interpret in one of two ways. Does that mean they don't know, which is weird because we're two months after the fact that you don't know what killed him or two, you know. Yeah. And you don't have to disclose who did it or how it happened, but you know, but you can't tell us how he died two months yeah. later. Why not? Are you later. manufacturing the reason? Yeah. Yeah. That's more or less, you know, my, my, yeah, that's more or less my, my, my theory is that some shenanigans happened and, you know, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't a random, um, uh, a random event of like, Oh no, he just hadn't suddenly had a stroke. Like I, I don't yeah. believe that theory. And I do believe that the theory of like, well, you can't keep these other guys silenced forever. So if they just suddenly off themselves, right? Like, or, or they just couldn't handle it themselves and they so uh, committed or they made the choice themselves to handle it. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm willing to engage in some high level conspiracy theories about them getting murdered. 
Um, the guys who committed suicide? Guys who committed suicide, yeah. And and maybe Sicknick. I have no idea. I mean, we know that the government will uh, do stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's more or less my point. I just think it, I just think it's so bizarre that the that we're supposed to believe that the investigation is so complex that they can't tell us anything two months later. Come on, yeah. Especially yeah, when like, the conclusions were so clear from the start. Well, and and it's back to the like the the whole drawing board of like um what was it the Brianna Taylor thing? You know, oh, yeah. Oh, she died in her sleep. No, she didn't. She they got the wrong apartment. No, she didn't. Like no, they didn't. Like and it was just this constant changing the narrative until you know they're like oh well now we know what actually happened and you're like okay that makes sense well and that's what makes me really that's part of what makes me really tinfoily about this it's just like scrambling for whatever story could be plausible it's like they saw that clip of the fire extinguisher being thrown that was at a distance and you couldn't really tell who it hit or what happened it's like somebody saw that clip and was like i yeah say it was that say it was that right there that's what killed him yeah. We'll go with that because I could it's far enough away that I could make up that story and have it kind of stick because you can't really vet it. Who did that? Who was behind that? Because it was supposedly a Capitol Police source speaking with The New York Times. It wasn't Rando McGee on the streets of the Capitol. It was a police source. So to your point, who is within the Capitol Police telling The New York Times what is obviously and conclusively a made up lie at this point? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just that's just my theory on it. Like, hmm. that is just, yeah, I mean, in, we're never going to know, you know, so it's. Well, bad, you will know what the official truth is, but you'll probably never know the real truth. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate the thoughts. Yeah, no problem. God, man. Uh, that That story to me is probably the most intriguing story of the year for me so yeah, far. Yeah, me too. And uh, I, I, yeah, I, I I don't think we'll ever know. This probably will go somewhere with the Las Vegas shooting into mm-hmm. the never find out category, the memory holds category. I think so, too. Yeah. Carl, the libertarian. Carl, are you there? Give him a second. Razorbacks up after that. Nobody called my name, did they? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're good, actually, if you're ready to go. Oh, yes, I am ready to go. Hi, how's it going? I was, I was totally off guard. This is my first time actually using Discord. So <laughs> Well, I, I'm, congratulations on making it this far. Discord is a, uh, it's not exactly straightforward or intuitive. Well, too bad for my libertarian views on big tech, I suppose. Okay. Um, my main question, this is more for Blonde than it is for you, Matt, but mm-hmm. um, I guess both of you can weigh in if you want. Um, I watched a lot of your videos, and I... I think you and I have a lot in common. You seem like someone who just wants to be left alone and live alone in Idaho and raise your family and just live your life. And I want to do the same thing, but I've also heard you express some pretty strong disdain for libertarianism, which is the ideology that wants you to be left alone and do what you want to do. So I'm wondering if you can explain. Um, I, my issue with libertarianism is it's based on the premise that all people are smart and uh, can choose to uphold an ideology above tribalistic instincts, which I think runs contrary to human nature. There's just like this projection of Western values inherent to libertarianism. The fact of the matter is that most people are not smart and can't do that and have to be told what to do, um, which puts me immediately into a more authoritarian camp. 
Is there any specific real world example or law or issue that you think um, that you think proves that? Like, what are what do people need to be told what to do? Well, I think that people of average intelligence or less aren't able to develop a cohesive moral structure in the absence of religious guidance. Um, And so I think that there are some atheistic undertones to libertarianism that I also find somewhat distasteful. Maybe that's it. Uh, Most of it is this, this open borders thing. I, I I'm actually with you on, I'm with you on open borders and I, um, actually many libertarians are too. I, the community's divided about that one. Yeah. I'm with, I'm with Milton Friedman that you can have mass immigration or you can have a welfare state, but you can't have both. Yeah. 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 I agree with you. I know some libertarians also agree. Well, what about the, uh, what about about the cultural component of that? uh, Sorry, go ahead. Is your friend, isn't he? I think he mostly shares my view. What um, the only worry I would have with that precedent is what about the cultural component? That is to say, even if we had zero welfare or social program incentive for people to come here, if it's totally open borders to the extent that people who don't value liberty itself are going to run across the border, is is liberty not at risk culturally? I think it is. I don't think you're wrong about that, Matt. Um, look, as a libertarian, I think we have – libertarianism means you get to defend what's yours america Mm -hmm. is ours we have the right to defend it Mm -hmm. so if i want to say that only people with blonde hair and beards which is what i happen to look like can enter the country i have every right to say that yeah Um, (laughs) i I too am fine with that yeah well common ground don't get me wrong uh but uh those caps and short brown hair that's that's not all right i have to say um you, you, we have every right to say who can, can and can't come into the country. But I think today, I would be, I'm perfectly in favor of a very liberal immigration policy, but without a welfare state. And in that case, hmm. that most of the assimilation problems would take care of themselves. I believe. A liberal policy, you say? Like I'm a, using, I'm using, I'm using the word liberal a lot differently than other people would use. As in, as in um, more as open in than more, that. More open, open to immigration. Yeah. I, I I want I want to go back to the Ellis Island days. I want to go hmm. back to um, it, I might make some exceptions for things like the Middle East and mass Muslim immigration, because, you know, that seems to end badly pretty much everywhere it goes. Yeah. But then but then we're in a situation where we uh, are like, OK, open immigration unless you're Muslim. And no one's going to let us do that. <laughs> True. I mean, well, and if we're going to we're not going to let Muslims into this country, then like let's have a talk about Africa and Mexico also. We can have those talks. Um, I'm perfectly happy to have any of those talks. I'm just saying if we didn't have a welfare state, we could be a lot let me, more lenient with immigration. Let, let me ask you this, because this is the question that usually gets thrown my way. And I think fairly so. I don't think it's a, I think it's a perfectly reasonable question in, in your immigration structure. Would there be some sort of ideological vetting? If you don't want uh, Muslim migrants, for example, presumably that's an ideological dispute. Um, would would you evaluate immigrants for belief in the American value system? And if so, how? I would, I would have to look more into that. Um, in the very unlikely event that someone puts me in charge of this thing, I would <laughs> um, have as many advisors as I could, and we would discuss that. Um, but I think if you just say anybody can come to this country but you have to make it here and no one's going to give you a handout and you can do what you want, but you're going to have to face the consequences of what you do. That's going to narrow 
down the pool of people who want to come here quite a bit, don't you think? Yeah. yeah I, uh, I, I agree with that premise, but I, I also, I, I just, I want to make sure that people who come here are, are valuing the philosophy on which this country is based. Well, as I say, I don't think we have that much of a disagreement because yeah, I yeah. do no, believe I, we have every right to restrict immigration however we want. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not a moral issue for me at all. Um, as I say, libertarianism, if it means anything at all, it must mean private property rights, which means you get to defend what's yours. America is ours. We get to defend it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which you can't do with property tax, can you? <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I don't believe in any taxes, so um, that's, that takes care of that theft, one. It's all isn't it? Hmm. Anyway, we got to give you the boot. Yeah. That was a good series of questions, though. Yeah, thank you for the thoughts, man. All right, anytime. Have a good night. Libertarian. I, I I guess if I had to pick a label, that's probably the one I would go with. But uh, I just I just don't like I just don't like labels. Maybe yeah. constitutionalist. If I had to pick a label, maybe that's the one I would go with. Oh, why is my face so big? I accidentally just pulled up the stream on YouTube and it's like my giant makeup makeup list. Were face. you leaning in or something? I don't yeah. Know. Ugh. It's like hearing your own voice. I don't want to see this. <laughs> you never really do get used to that. You know, there are sometimes half my job is listening to my own voice, editing videos or posting terrible? the podcast. Ooh. And sometimes, sometimes it just catches you and you're like, what the hell? That's what I sound like. Yeah. I just walk around talking all day with that <laughs> voice. What a douche. It'll get you. Yeah. yeah. Razorback, you there? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I can. Oh, wonderful. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Oh, well, thanks for calling in. I, I, I still got to convince you, Matt, to, uh, I mean, you live in Montana. You don't, you don't drink anything out of a uh, Big Sky uh, Brewery. Uh, Big Sky Brewing is what? Is that a Missoula brewery? Uh, I think so, but well, I, I don't drink anymore. But the beer <laughs> that they had that I always loved was called Moose Drool. Actually, I am familiar with Moostrel. I'm not a big fan, uh, to be honest. It's okay. I don't hate it, but uh, it's not. It's not one of my picks. Well, you gotta like a dark beer. It, yeah, it's a brown ale. Generally, I like brown ales, but uh, but that one, I don't know. It's it's not my jam. It, it's it probably because it's made by dirty hippies in Missoula. That's why. No. <laughs> I I heard about it when I was at Airborne School, and I'm not kidding when I say I think it took me seven years to finally find I, it. So. I assume you mean Fort Bragg? Uh, no. Or uh, no, Fort no, Benning, no. I'm uh, sorry. Fort Benning. Fort Benning, yeah. Yeah, that's where my brother went. That's very cool. What year was he there? Uh, my brother was at Airborne School 2009? Okay. Uh, 2008, actually. 2008. Like fall 2008. Yeah, I was there the summer of... Uh... Or maybe early 2009. Somewhere late 2008, early 2009, right in there. I was there summer of 96, though. Oh, okay. Well, very cool. No, I was... Well, how did you, how uh, did you, you get, how, how did you get Moostrul in Georgia? Trying to arrange a meetout for uh, the Tampa area. Okay. Um, and I'm just jazzed uh, to be talking to you guys, so I don't want to chew up your time. Sure. Uh, how did you get Moostrul in Georgia, though? I didn't. Oh. Um, I wound up moving to Minnesota, and then I was uh, on assignment in Fargo, North Dakota. Oh, and they oh. had it there. And old Chicago had it there. And then a couple of months later, when I was back in Minneapolis, um, ah. it got 
uh, they started carrying it too. You know, I have a, a weird love of old Chicago pizza. I think it's fantastic as far as like chains go. Like their their cornbread type crust, fantastic. Love it. We have I've never one in had town. Their cornbread crust, but well, it's not called good. cornbread crust, but like their their crust is made with like a cornmeal. You know, it's kind of got that cornbready quality. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, although I, I've only been to Chicago once and the authentic Chicago pizza, don't get me wrong. I like like a thick doughy pizza, but that stuff is basically like weird lasagna. Yeah. The authentic Chicago pizza is way too far. I like a thin pizza. Ugh. The, you would well, say I, that. I, I would <laughs> like like pizza that's on a cracker, like Emo's no! pizza. God. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Blonde. Emo's trash. Oh. <gasps> Oh my gosh, it's the only thing I miss about St. Louis. You don't miss Ted Drews. Oh, I miss Ted Drews too, yeah. Uh, Mostly I, I it's the black going... people, though. I really miss all the black people. That's very kind of you. Thank Whenever you we would that. go to Ted Drews, we'd drive past the Sarah sculpture and I'd get a little man go on some rant about uh, that sculpture. The what sculpture? It was called the Sarah sculpture. It was essentially three slabs of steel in the ground. And they were, it was rusting and it looked horrible. And like the, the city wanted to remove it. And the artists always threatened to sue if they would remove it. Huh. Wow. I don't remember anything about St. Louis. But then again, it's been, oh God, it's been like 14 years. since. Did I you hear there. Rush Limbaugh was buried in St. Louis? He had so much loyalty to St. Louis. He chose to be buried there. Why? He was People from, from St. Louis are... Very loyal to St. Louis. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah, is he from St. Louis? Uh, nothing, nothing beats I the Fourth so. of July yeah. at the Arch. Yeah, I do have a lot of really good. I've shit on St. Louis a lot over the years, but it's mostly because it was like an old money town that I was never socially accepted into, and so I've got like some weird high school thing. And then even when you left, so, they tried so to drive I've, you. I've out. got a St. Louis question for you, Blonde. <laughs> do you do you like Lion's Choice? Who? Yeah, of course. I'm not a monster. Okay, good. You were dead to me if you said no. No, Lion's Choice is delicious. Um, there were a lot of good things about St. Louis. I, I went to a good high school. I had a lot of good friends there. Um, the, uh, I don't know. I mean, I grew up in West County, though, so it's not like I got the full St. Louis experience. Yeah. I mean, I went to Parkway Central through my freshman year. Did so. you really? I went to Marquette. Yeah. Was that the mall? Marquette? Yeah. It was close to the mall, yeah. No, there was one school, and I think it was Marquette. We always called it the mall because it was, like, brand new, super nice, and the track had been, like, rubberized. That's the one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you for calling in, man. appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. We are due for one last break. We got Jedi Blonde now, or <laughs> Dark Lord of the Sith Blonde, with her hood up. Talking about high school makes me want to just crawl up into a ball and just die. Just I had a pretty good high school die. experience, and oh, I, was I, so I don't cringy. maintain. There's really only one longtime friend of mine that I still maintain contact with from high school, but I feel like I have a generally good relationship. If I saw any of my high school classmates, I don't think anybody would be hostile to me. Oh, people would be hostile to me. Hmm. I didn't make I a lot of really enemies. Mean. I was mean and drunk. <laughs> All, All right. right. Uh, Tippy Stream, I think. Oh, Raggle Fraggle says, uh, 3 3 2021, Yvonne L. Fontano. Oh, uh, wait, no, sorry. It uh, cut this weird. 
Fontan... I don't know how to pronounce this, man. Uh, Fontanot? Sorry if I'm butchering it. Passed away. Loving husband, father, grand and great-grandfather will miss you, Papa. Well, all the best to your family, man. Uh, I know that it's been kind of a a strange year for you in terms of uh, good things happening, bad things happening. So uh, all the best to your family, and I, I hope and trust that you guys will make it through this particular event. And, of course, uh, good memory for uh, your grandfather, right? I believe that is the relationship. Anyhow. You good? Yeah. Reality Lobster. For a COVID re I read that one already. Um, Cody Opperman. Go on the Lotus Eaters, Matt. Also, hi, Blonde. And check. Check. Uh, I would love to. I think, uh, as I've said many times, I think they're doing really awesome work over at the Lotus Eaters. I think that's that's Sargon's new project, his new daily podcast. He's got his team working uh, on that. And I think they're doing awesome work. So I would gladly go on. That said, I am an internet gentleman. I do not invite myself onto other people's platforms. Um, and I don't know if they're doing remote. Are they doing remote interviews? I don't know. I've seen them do on-site in-studio interviews. Um, but I don't know if they're doing remote ones yet. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I think they're doing great work if uh, if people have not checked it out yet. Um, Laurel says, hell is freezing up, frozen over. Um, freezing? Oh, hmm. God. My brain is a slur of mush. Um, I just got a date with a really good-looking patriot. Woohoo. I'm very happy about this. Hey, Wow. Hey, Everything's girl. coming up Laurel right now. Coming that's, up That's good Laurel. to hear. Glad to hear. Congratulations. And, uh, you know, just tell him, tell him that you're Laurel from the chat. Tell him you're Laurel from the, uh, you know, show him your stream. <laughs> right? He and will. And your boobs. He I, will. What's wrong? <laughs> be like, do you have any idea how prepared I am for the apocalypse? He, if he's half a man, he'll be impressed by the level yeah. of preparedness that Laurel has, not just in supplies, but in knowledge. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, if this guy wants to survive the apocalypse, he uh, he hit a home run with Laurel. Found the right woman. Black yeah. magic. I would like to point out that protesting is a peaceful show of force. If elites don't listen, then it must become a violent show of force. If the right never gets violent, it is self-indulgence alone. We talk about this a lot. Um, uh, you should answer this. <laughs> Where just, just go for it. Yeah. Just don't say any N-words or endorse violence. I no, think we'll I, be good. I, I don't endorse violence, but this attitude that I, I've actually heard people on the right of Charlie Kirk's ilk say that political violence is never the answer. Never the answer. Like, well, yeah, that's clearly incorrect. That's fucking crazy. Like, yeah. obviously, violence is sometimes the answer, like when it's in self-defense. Um, where you and I differ is that you think that somebody has to be violent to you before you engage in their violence. Uh, what I would what I would say more precisely is that your rights need to be violated. There are different ways to do that. It's not just it's not yeah. necessarily violence, but violence is the most immediate way. But let's yeah. say that the government was, um, I don't know, excessively taxing people at 90% and taking your money by force or something like that. I, th I think yeah. that that armed revolt is perfectly justified in that case. I, I do think you have a moral obligation to resist violence until absolutely necessary. But, but there like are points this, at which it is necessary. And there are things that people don't perceive as violence, which actually are violent in nature like uh the hormone blockers with children thing hmm. do I, I think that that should be met with violence death penalty what's 
I mean, seriously, like adulterating America's youth in such a way, that's that's yeah. horrific. Well, there's an argument that what they're doing is violent. It is violent. Yeah. It's a violation of the non-aggression principle, certainly. The only argument to the contrary that I could say is that it, it's theoretically invited treatment. But again, by whom? They the, lack, the minor can't really can't, consent. Yeah, you can't sexually and, consent when you're when you're five years so old. maybe so the parents but like but there yeah. are even still there are moral limitations to what parents can do violently to their own children you can't you can't uh, on behalf of your child like by proxy consent sexually for your child either uh well i mean if, uh, the only push not even pushback because i agree but i'm trying to play devil's advocate here uh, there are some states where, you know, you can get married at a younger age with parental consent, that sort of thing. Yeah, but I'm talking about like five-year-olds gender transitioning. Yeah, yeah. Not like 16-year-olds in Kentucky marrying somebody. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Kyle Wells, uh, Google narwhal mask. I actually saw a Karen in the grocery store wearing one. It looked like she was scuba diving in the goddamn produce section. Now I, I thought maybe this was a reference to fighting terrorists, fighting Islamic terrorists yeah. with narwhal tusks, but uh, tw- okay, a 28-year-old nerd in Baltimore invented a new type of mask. Oh, this is a real thing. Can I get a... It looks. It does look like a scuba kit or something. Yeah, it's like a full plastic face mask with what looks like a respirator almost and like a, a snorkel coming out of the top of it. I mean, shouldn't this be met with violence? <laughs> uh, you, you definitely have to be a. Uh, oh, it's it's retards. so funny. Like, oh, we're the conspiracy okay. theorists, but you people put this shit on your face. Please anally swab me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wear a scuba mask. What is this world coming to? It's so preposterous. Like, I can't yeah. even believe we're in this timeline. All right, let's do a few. Just one more. Um, we have so many questions. I forgot to tell you. Oh, do we? Okay, so I'll, like, I'll be mindful of that. A remarkable number of questions. Okay, so um, we'll have to be very disciplined and quick in answering them. Disciplines. Oh, last one for right now, Thunderstorm. My great-great-granddad died in a concentration camp. He mooned a rabbi and fell from the guard tower. Thank you, Thunderstorm. <laughs> okay. Send on that now. Okay. Um, let's see. Over on Trovo, uh, Leroy Dumonde cast a spell, whatever that means in uh, <laughs> Trovo's weird system. Thank you for that. Uh, Mike Hawk, 420 Blazing. Random question. Thoughts on 300 Blackout? Uh, I wouldn't be the I best am. person to ask. 300 Blackout is a... Um, it's a rifle caliber that allows your standard AR equipped with a 30 caliber barrel to handle 30 caliber rounds. So your standard AR round is a, is a two, two, three or a five, five, six rounds, a small round that goes very fast. 300 blackout rounds take the same case and they're a bigger bullet, bigger projectile with a bigger barrel. So you're saying a lot of words. Uh, it's, it's, you get different projectile performance and, and different, uh, ballistics. Okay. So okay. the idea being that you could equip an AR to have, uh, ballistics performances similar to say like an AK 47 okay, is the okay. idea. And I, I do have one, uh, 300 blackout upper. It's also great if you want to suppress your weapon because you can get subsonic 300 blackout rounds. So rounds that are slower than the speed of sound that are quieter. That would be the idea there. Um, but I, 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 I built one 300 blackout build 
for the purpose of just having one. And it was kind of a self-defense build. It's, it's the short build rifle that I have, uh, that I have legally Susan and the ATF listener. Um, but I, I, I'm not an expert on like ballistics performance and, and, you know, I'm not going to advise you on what you should use for what purpose, but all I can say is, um, they're fun. You know, it's a, it's an 11, I think it's a 10 and a half inch barrel through in a blackout upper that I have. And you know, it's a thumper. It's a, it's a fun one, but I can't afford the ammo anymore. So I have like a hundred, 300 blackout rounds in the, uh, in the, um, in the ammo cabinet. And that's about it. You know, if I need them one day, I'll take them out. But other than that, I don't shoot them. That those were luxurious times when you could actually yeah. shoot that rec- recreationally. Those days Can are. Can you shoot past. anything recreationally? Not even twenty two anymore. I'm. I still have a few thousand twenty two rounds, and even that, I'm like, hmm. I don't yeah. know. I might need to shoot some gophers in the apocalypse. I'm gonna hang on I to this. I haven't even shot our AR yet. You, you guys haven't shot that at all. My husband has. Oh, okay. So he's got the sights taken care of and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he knows what he's doing. Um. Yes, he does. Okay, we're good. Why did I say it like that? That was really (laughs) I really hate myself today. I've been saying a lot of stuff. Yeah. Let's let's hop back into the calls. Uh, Oh, Ratchet Republican. This was our Jamaican caller that we heard from a few times. High energy. Ratchet Republican, you there? Hello, man. We'll give him a second. I need some of that. Hey, how's it going? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, it's yeah. been a little bit, and I'm excited for your energy. I remember the calls a few months ago, and they were always welcome and highly entertaining. Oh, oh I appreciate it. It's just that I'm, I'm working this wireless system that I'm not too keen with. Therefore, well, if you're if you're on a if if you're using mobile on Discord and it's working, that is uh, that's a miracle. Shocking. So yeah. Carry on. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to talk about some YouTube drama that that's going to lead to my ultimate uh, point. Um, I don't know if you heard the, of the Brandon Tatum drama that happened on YouTube. The what the drama? Brandon, Brandon Tatum. Oh, Brandon Tatum. Why does that uh, sound yeah. familiar? He, okay, I don't, so, I know a little bit about him, but he, isn't he an ex-police officer? That guy, right? Yes. I, I, yes. And he's on TPUSA. And yeah. That. Yeah. So what, so the players in this story is, is Brandon Tatum and this other woman named Carolyn Barstein. Do you know who she is? I don't. Okay, she is the one. Um, she went. She was a past Democrat, okay. and she went on a, went to a Trump rally, and she discovered that Trump uh, supporters are not racist, sexist, homophobic. Oh yeah, is and she the knitting lady? I, yes. Okay, and then yeah. she moved over to to, to to the to the walkaway movement, and she did yeah. all that. So what happened is that she she made the um she busted out that um you know the coke the be less white. Yes. She's the one that broke that story. Oh, so she okay. was what? Coke had that Be Less White, white Robin D'Angelo training. Right. Yeah. So she broke that story. So she was on Laura Ingram doing an interview. Okay. And during that interview, they asked her about um, math being racist. Okay. And um, somebody took a clip from that and made it look like that um, Carolyn Barisenko supported that. Hmm. So supported wait supported took, what supported not being racist oh okay <laughs> not being racist so brian tatum took that clip and um he didn't do his due diligence he didn't look up uh who she was or whatever and look up the whole clip uh-huh. and he made a video on her clowning her okay 
So she came back and she, um, her supporters went, went on this comment section and tore him. And, oh, no. Um, wow. And said, and said that he needed to apologize. Uh-huh. To his credit, he apologized and everything like that. Now, there's some, I, I support Carolyn Barsenko in that she fights hard against the critical race theory. Uh-huh. Yeah. She's, you know, she's anti-critical race, anti-all that. But I have some problems with her and problems with people who have moved from the left over. Okay. Just like with people moving from California, moving over to Texas, and moving, they tend to bring some of their bad tendencies with them. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, <laughs> And she's one of those people that bring their bad tendencies with them. Like what? So she's very, she, she's very liberal on um, on immigration because she has mm-hmm. a, a, her husband is an immigrant. Uh-huh. No doubt. Yes. So one of the main things I have a problem with her is that she's trying to make the Republican Party a big tent. Uh-huh. And that always makes me cringe. I want to be exclusive. I want <laughs> to have, I want to have people in our party that only believe in freedom constitution sure uh, yeah. and, uh, and certain principles that i will never ever compromise on. right she she had some interviews with um some blm supporters some conversations and she came out from those conversations that blm supporters and the MAGA supporters should link up because we have the same um enemies they don't like the establishment Hmm. And I'm like, okay. no, 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 that's not going to work because our foundational principles are different. I'm not going to link up with BLM because they're Marxist. I don't believe yeah. Okay. And she, she believes that we should, we should be more inclusive and diverse. So I was like, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, so those are deal breakers for me. Yeah. So um, and it leads to the, leads to the point that, you know, I, I, we as Republicans need to need to make sure that we, we enforce that our principles and let people know what we're about because I don't want the, I don't want people coming over on our side with, with this nonsense with this uh, I don't care what your identity is if you believe in the foundational principles then your identity is second not even third not even fourth um, uh, thing about you so I what yeah, I think it's think about? well. I think it's a question of range, inclusivity, and big tent within what range? Because because yeah. I agree with you. I, I am not. I, I want nothing to do with a range that's so wide that I have to compromise or even get squishy yeah, about yeah. the things that I think are not just my own principles, but fundamental truths, self evident truths, as the Declaration yeah. calls them, about the world. I'm not going to get soft on those. There are things around the edges of like specific policy that I'm I'm willing to uh, be a partner with people on. But if you don't believe in the philosophy of the Declaration and the Constitution, we, it's not just that I don't want to make it work. We really can't. There's not there's yeah. not really a foundation on which to build at that point. Yeah, I, I believe BLM is built on delusion. It's not built on any facts at yeah. all. Yeah, I mean, the best case that I could make for them is they are they are state skeptical in certain contexts, right? They're, they're very police skeptical, obviously. I would argue to a fault, and and maybe there's some commonality there, but I can't, it's not just hate the police. I can't, that's not enough commonality for me. It's got to be based on what the fundamental rights are that the police shall not intrude upon, not just like, the cops yeah. are pigs. Uh, that's yeah, not yeah. that's not common enough for me to work with. Yeah, I I, I would rather convince people to come on my side. Than, yeah, I, 
I agree. Compromise. I, I want to convince you. You know, I don't want to compromise. And um, I believe that Republicans, we have com- been compromising too much. That's why we're in the, in the positions that we're in. Well, the trajectory and, is, um, not, is not toward a more constitutional way. The trajectory is constant compromising of constitutional principle. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So we don't get recalled names. Yeah. That's just, that's just you know, um, that's just awful. And I, I just, for her to, for people like her, I just, she looks like, you know, she looks like an SJW. She looks, you know, if you look <laughs> at her picture and stuff, she just give out that SJW vibe. I really like her. I know I, I subscribe to her YouTube channel and I look at her and I, but I just, I just feel like, you know, people like her is going, trying, trying to drag the Republican Party over to the left. Yeah. Yeah. Give her some time, though. Um, she yeah. might come around. There was a time where I thought that some people, I mean, I still do. I share your view that I want to persuade people. But my optimism about persuading people is getting, it's getting lower yeah, and lower. Yeah. Time. <laughs> I'm getting pretty beaten down. But, yeah. you know, uh, but give her some time. I think maybe she'll come around to your perspective. Yeah, she, I, yeah. yeah. I think she, I think it's. Well, you know, she's somebody to watch because she could be an influential person. Yeah. So I just just keep an eye on her, and um, um, hopefully she comes around. And you know. well, sure. Th- thank you for calling, man, and thank you for the insight. Appreciate it. No, no problem. Have a good night. I like this guy. Yeah, he's uh, he's a good one. It's been a little while since I've heard from him, so that's always nice when he does call. Uh, Mike Dewine, shit eating grin. <laughs> Is up next, Mike Dewine, or rather the grin of Mike Dewine. You there? Yeah, let me uh, get the stream muted. Sure. All right. Uh, good evening to you both. Hello. Hi. Uh, well, I, I was a, a little surprised at how many people kind of had the same idea that I had. Um, it's okay. We can expand to, upon well, it. What do well, you got? There's not much to expand upon what I was going to say. Um, I'm actually looking to leave Ohio myself. Uh, Interesting. Leave Ohio? Yes. I thought um, Ohio was in pretty decent shape. Uh, Mike, well, you can tell by the name, I don't have a high opinion of the man. Uh, Mike DeWine has kept yeah. the state pretty much, well, he's uh, implemented a uh, Masks shut down. I think he <sighs> masks shut down. The mask mandate that's been going on since June. Uh, oh. He shut the entire state down for about two or three months, from March um, up until sometime midsummer. Then kind of re- relaxed it and got further back. And it's you know just always it's always something else. You know we're we. Oh God! What was it? in one of one of his press conferences? He said something to the effect of, um, "You know, we, this summer is going to be hard, but we just need everyone to mask up. If we have complete <laughs> mask compliance, we're gonna we're gonna get through this." As I, if the whole past goddamn year uh, saw has, that, yeah, as as though there's been any evidence that this has been helpful or useful in the last year at all. Joe Biden is out saying now that any adults there will be enough vaccine for any adult to have one at the end of May. <laughs> And it's, and not that I have a ton of patience for this right now, but especially yeah. then. All right. If yeah. you can go get a vaccine anytime you want, fuck off. This shit's over. Yeah. All of it's yeah. done. I am not participating in any of the any restrictions of anymore. anymore at that point. Yeah. If everyone can have the vaccine on demand, I'm done yeah. at that point. 100%. Yeah. 
both him and uh, the lieutenant governor, uh, John Husted, have made it clear that even when you get the vaccine, you got to, you got to, you know, still maintain distance. It's preposterous. And, and everything like that. Why on earth would anybody <laughs> yeah. get it? It makes no sense. Like, I'm going to take this huge risk, yeah. this huge physical risk, and then still have yeah. to live in well, a did, bubble. This is so Didn't retarded. you hear, if you get the vaccine, the CDC says you can participate in indoor gatherings of like 15 or more or fewer. Wow, thanks. You can have small indoor gatherings. If you get the vaccine, yeah. I've literally oh. never stopped doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just, uh, I'll, uh, something to go further with DeWine and what I believe is his idiocy. Um, as you know, last month was February, which of course was Black History Month. And mm-hmm. when, uh, St. Floyd was martyred for our sins last year, <laughs> yeah. um, um, DeWine uh, made a announcement that uh, besides the COOF, the next uh, biggest health crisis to all Buckeyes is, you want to guess? Uh, mm. Wait, wait. Was this, sorry, I'm not sure I understood. Rephrase one more time. The, the new health crisis? No, the second biggest uh, health crisis besides the oh, COOF. Oh, racism, racism. Racism. Yep, yeah, racism. And somebody, he was reaching out to some uh, black activist group. I don't even know their name. They they quickly got swept underneath the, or swept under the rug. Uh, but one of the reporters um, during his uh, press conference uh, had at or pointed out that the very uh, group that he had picked had displayed on their. Um, oh, I I need to go back and. Uh, give a little background to this. He picked this group to help um, minority businesses because they were hit hard when he shut everything down because, of course, they were. Um, and the group that he picked, um, as this reporter pointed out on their website, would, their uh, main objective was to uh, de- uh, destroy or dismantle one of the two. I, I guess it's the same thing. Um, capitalism in the capitalist society, yeah. and he asked, "Well, how how's that going to help anybody?" And DeWine just kind of shrugged and said, "Well, I'll take whoever I can get right now." And <laughs> I'll take I, I, I'm, I'll I'm take terrorists who want to yeah. destroy our country yeah. if they are if they're yeah. on the team. Yeah. Well, it destroyed the very system that's helping. You know, you know, black people or any sort of mind. Well, it was really focused on black people. Yeah. Um, their businesses or whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyways, last month was Black History Month, and part of um, you know, getting rid of racism, he's had uh, putting into effect uh, a mandate for all state agencies. Because um, just a reminder, I do work for the state government. Hmm. Um. Uh, DEI diversity, equality, and inclusion training, and we just started ours up. Oh boy! Um, funnily yeah. enough, at the yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, there wasn't anything, at least initially. We literally just started like a week or two ago, which, funny enough, that it was at the end of the month. Yeah. Um. And let me see. I wrote it down my handy dandy notebook. <laughs> Okay, we'll have to give maybe uh, a highlight or two, and then we'll we'll have to uh, yeah, wrap yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to point this out. Sure. Um, that I believe the quote was something to the effect of, "This is a race with no end." 
That's <laughs> referring to what the quest for uh, diversity, inclusion, and equality is that what that means? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we can well, never why, actually win this race. Uh, well, then why we the, what the hell actually, are we doing? Why would we bother? Yeah, precisely. Yeah, and it, at least for my agency, it's going to be a three-year plan until we've finally defeated racism or something like that. And I'm, from what I'm gathering. Most every other agency is something like that. So you know what guys, you get at the end of that three-year plan. Yeah, <laughs> um, I get a pink slip, I guess. Maybe you personally, but I just mean uh, everyone in general gets another three-year plan right after that. Yeah, Everyone rolls yeah, out the exactly. next day, and it never ends. Yeah. All right. Um, Thank you, man, and good luck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. This is never going to end, is it? Dangerous Spaces is up first. No, of course, but I think that's by design. A lot of this yeah. stuff is deliberately ambiguous, such that the benchmarks hey. can never be achieved and the club can still be used against you for all time. What's up, man? Hey. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I figured this week, just because I live in a country where this is pretty widespread, that maybe we could talk about um, – uh, minimum wage that everyone in the Democrats keeps pushing for. Sure. Sure. So, um, so I figured I'll just give you some of the, some of the things they don't seem to be considering because let me check. I'm understanding this correctly. They are basically saying $15 an hour minimum wage mm-hmm. across the board, regardless of location, regardless of age, regardless of experience, all that. Yeah. That was the plan. That correctly. Well, and now now okay. it's been dropped from the coronavirus bill because of procedural reasons, but uh, that is still the aim, yeah. I, I do have to admit, that seems like they're kind of taking the piss of, we need to make sure there's a $15 an hour minimum wage in a bill that's basically designed to prevent people from being at work. Yes. Yeah. Which seems stupid. But yeah. anyway, um, so some things to consider if they really were serious about this. So in Australia, a lot of industries will have a minimum wage that goes up in value depending on the age of the person. So the idea hmm. being is someone young can get into work at not too high a cost, gain the experience, earn more money as they you know get older. So, you know, that's one idea that that we have here. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean minimum wage in and of itself I don't think is necessarily a bad idea. It's trying to force people. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no. It's yeah. trying to for, It's trying to tell everyone this is how it's going to work. Right. That, uh, that's not. That's just not going to work. You need to let people have a certain amount of control over how they do minimum wage. And if you're really going to try and enforce it, you can't just try to apply it universally. It's not going to work. Well, my my biggest beef philosophically with this is who owns the labor. And I think that the individual worker owns his labor and he is entitled to sell that labor for whatever price he wishes. And you might say, well, the boss is exploitative and he'll only pay him this much. Well, if he'll work for that, then who cares? Yeah. If you agree to participate in that arrangement, you're not a victim in that arrangement. And you are also free to increase your value to that boss or build your own business, make your own job that pays more. I know people like to make fun of that, but. It, it's true. I mean, you can you can start at a bare bones, uh, tiny wage at, you know, working at some restaurant or something, washing dishes and you can work hard and work your way up. I was listening to uh, Jordan Peterson on, on Dave Rubin earlier today. And he was talking just an anecdote story about a guy who was listening to Jordan and um, was like a waiter at an Outback Steakhouse. And he was full of resentment prior because he was a college grad. 
working a waiter job and he thought that was beneath him. And he said he took Jordan's advice to like, well, you know, don't really think anything's beneath you and just treat your job as seriously as you possibly can, even if you don't really enjoy it. He said, I started doing that and I took every aspect of my job really seriously. I got three promotions within six months and I was doing a different job at the same company that I liked a lot better. Yeah. I, I just yeah. don't, I don't think, I don't think the sale of that labor is any of the state's business. I think if you're willing to sell, you own that labor. If you're willing it to sell it to a person for a particular price, good on you. Yeah. It's yeah. not the state, the state doesn't own it to dictate that price. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's a difficult one because again, I've grown up in a country where that's a thing, but I do have to warn people that then there's just ways that people will try to take advantage of other, other things. So for example, my first job, I did a retail traineeship, mm. which was a shit job because for something called a retail traineeship, the amount of actual training was pretty much non-existent. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and they took advantage of a government uh, incentive that meant they paid, I think, like three quarters of the of the cost of the labor and then the government chipped in some money. I, I did a 40-hour week uh, plus overtime. I don't think I cleared $400, which, you know, mm-hmm. at 18, that's a huge amount of money. I don't really care. But, you know, it, it there will be other things that are taken advantage of. And, and it's just, yeah, it's an idea that – and also in terms of that, it means that now there's a certain amount of money that the employee has to be able to make back. And if they look at it and go, they're not going to be able to make it back for me, they're not going to hire them. Yeah. So it basically locks out people that are low skilled, low experience, yeah. all that sort of thing. There definitely are issues that they just don't seem to think about. And they go, oh, people are just going to end up making more money. Well, no, they might be moved to part time. They might make exactly the same amount of money, but right. less hours. Yeah. Like well, there's and, a whole and, bunch of different things they just don't seem to be yeah, considering. And, with and even if that did work out in theory that, oh, everybody just makes more money. Well, you've also increased the purchasing power of everybody under that theory. What does that mean? That means that the price of goods that everybody buys are just going to increase anyway. You have not actually increased their relative purchasing power. Yeah. You you might have 20 bucks, but does that matter when a gallon of milk costs 20 bucks? Yeah. Not really. Why, if you were an employer, why wouldn't you just uh, be more competitive about who you can hire and then hire people that will work harder? It's not going to help the the average person. Um, They're just going to get crowded out of the employment marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. You just hire well, fewer employees, yeah. There's the other thing I've seen where they go, well, if a company can't pay their employee this amount that we deem is needed, well, they, yeah. they probably shouldn't be in business. And it's like, oh, so you don't want small businesses then? Well, that right. smug asshole on CNN, big... there was some Democrat who said exactly that. Well, we don't want yeah. businesses that pay low wages. Good, don't make one, you piece of shit. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. You don't want, you don't have to shop there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The idea that, that he would just dictate that. Yeah, larger companies will probably be able to afford that a bit easier, but smaller companies, they're just going to go out of business. You know, they don't even take into account that a lot of business owners that are small business stuff for small businesses often forego their own wage. I don't know how that works. I don't know how they make a living, but they often forego their own wages to make sure their staff can get paid. They're well, yeah. going to be screwed if they have to suddenly increase the amount they if, have to if pay. You, if you're running a small business like a restaurant that is dependent on your cooks to cook and your servers to serve, and you are the one who gets the very slim profit margin that comes out of that restaurant business. You really, it's, it's not even a, an act of, of, uh, just out of the kindness of your heart, which it is uh, a lot of the times these bosses just care about their workers so much that they, they want to 
maintain them and keep them. But the reality is if you don't have those workers working, you're not going to be in position to make the slim margin that you do anyway. So it's not uncommon for bosses in that small business setting to be making less than their uh, than their employees who are who are keeping the business running too. Yeah. It, it happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, anyway, it's too big of a thing to probably do in just a, a call in show call. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's definitely something. I think I really wish people would just think about it a bit more in terms of the long term consequences because there's a lot of stuff that they don't consider and i can't even really get into what goes on here because it's just not time to really go yeah. in depth on it so yeah well thank you for the call man no worries have a good night okay i'm going to try one last word really quick i know we got a lot of email questions i'll just take one from i, I just like the name cat boy what can i say wasn't that the you name like of my name wow that's very suspe- suspicious <laughs> wasn't that the name of that uh the youtuber who did the uh the george Floyd Cammy? yeah 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 he's a boyfriend with uh, nick puentes okay. are you Catboy in discord uh is that my name that is clearly my name oh blonde i gotta say i'm a big fan <laughs> a really big fan <laughs> okay just, okay you so are sometimes tonight you are sometimes beautiful. so beautiful <laughs> Sometimes I go into the Discord and I see like what people are saying about me. This fucking guy hates me so much. Catboy, I don't okay. hate you. You you've been <laughs> instrumental in directing my politics. You know, I had a political awakening awakening because of you. I I've always wondered you who you were. Well, Other right wing luminaries like Laura Loomer <laughs> or Emily Yukis. Very interesting. I had a real I really respect women. I just have to tell everybody. I really Really respect women, and Very I always virtuous of you. I don't know. You know how I, I like I hated, but also was endeared by River Gibbs. Yes, yeah. Um, it's it's like that with this dude. Like I, I see what he says in the in the Discord. I'm like, that this is so mean and hurtful. Yet I also am endeared <laughs> a little bit. I don't know. I don't really know why, but but I like you. Well, you now he's stop me from pen boy. You. Now you changed it. Oh, no. I didn't change it. I don't have control. This is legalized oh. screwing with me again. Okay. You, know? he, uh, you really need to put me in control of the Discord. That's absolutely probably not. the best thing that could ever happen <laughs> okay. to your community is if I had control of the Discord. Uh, but getting back to my point, I wanted to talk about how Blonde uh, won me over. You know, I used to think that women needed to participate. And I, because of my respect for women, I had a hard time understanding how she could say such denigrating things you know women are stupid they're not rational they lack the capacity of men and reason it's but my the, self-loathing that's the that's more you've talked you know the more i've become to realize yes yeah, women are too stupid yeah I know. the more i listen to you it's true the more i the more i learn that you're okay. right i am the luminary then through well, my I, ignorance, I, she's, she's, I, she's I, I have enlightened you. I mean, you're not at Cindy McCain level yet, but maybe <laughs> one day. Wow. <laughs> well, thank you, Catboy. I, I actually appreciate that. It's nice to be affirmed, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Validated in a very bizarre way. Yeah. I know. Very bizarre. There's nothing bizarre about this, man. Or maybe the high, you, maybe it was the most complimentary way possible. Yeah. I think, are you looking for, uh, affirmation i don't know what to, what i could give no give i don't know so uh no i don't know um i don't you got any fountain pen recommendations before we not really no that's legalized screwing oh, okay. with me i do um, have a question for matt i guess what do you think about the libertarian guys with asian wives meme i don't you know is that, that? A, is that a meme oh yeah there's like a facebook group and everything 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, is, that a, is that a thing? I yes, feel like you're... yellow fever. You've never seen it? The yellow banner with the libertarian guy or oh. the memes with the uh, libertarian guy with the Asian wife and the cry, crying blonde white women? I don't know. Well, I see. I, I don't know if you're going after me or not. I'm but, not going after you. But, I'm yeah, I, you. I will say there there is like a common me. there's a common or like there are claims that my wife is Asian. That's not true. That's not a She's thing. She's so Asian. What are you yeah, talking about? That's not what I've heard. But <laughs> well, okay, that is okay what I've if heard. You like the meme. I mean, <laughs> I don't I, think race isn't real. So you know. Well, I don't. I don't. I haven't seen the memes, but I just. I just want to address the claims what? that have been Wait made. Second, if, Matt, that's, if that's I what you're a, going with, I, I'm concerned. Why are you so concerned that we know your wife is not Asian? I know because she's so Asian. Yeah, apparently. No, that's that's not what I mean. Do you think it would be bad to have an Asian wife? Uh, no, I don't. I don't have a problem with that. I just thought you were. I thought you were just, trying to you say that I am your wife to be Asian. I thought. I thought you're trying to say that I'm part of the meme. That's all. Uh. We have to boogie. We have so many. Yeah, we, we do so have to. Questions. We do have to jam. But it was actually Goodbye. nice. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, I I can't believe I got to hear your voice, Blonde, and actually address <laughs> me specifically. I I don't know. I'm not, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's is... good. I will too. I will. All right. Thank Thanks. you, man. Bye bye. The meanest stuff I have ever wow. read about myself. I don't know. I'm glad I got to this point where I can read horrible stuff about myself and actually think that it's funny. He's really been good for your development then, if that's I know. if he's that good. So I taught champion. him that women are too stupid to vote, and he taught me that it's okay <laughs> that everybody thinks I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> so we really learn from each other. It's been symbiotic. The American people are tired. We're so behind. Of women. We've got a bajillion questions. Agree. Uh yeah. Okay. Let's. Uh, we'll hop into the questions now. As I mentioned, if you want to participate in the show through a question, uh, email question, the one and only one way to do that is through the website. There's a call-in show question form on the contact page of the website, mattchristiansofmedia.com/contact. That is where we will take our questions. And let's do this in the interest of getting through these questions. Let's commit to. We'll read it. I'll go. You go. We'll leave it at that. Huh? Okay. Okay. Efficiency. I like it. Daniel Cox. Oh. Also, uh, I did not put in a bunch of questions that people dropped because they were either too long or they weren't questions. I even so, put, maybe I should clarify on the website in the box. I put, please keep it to a tweets length. Uh, yeah, there were a bunch. Make it like actually put a barrier because of the time constraints too. We also can no longer take call and show comments. So if you sent in a comment, I am not going to be reading. It that. says question on the form. Okay. This is Jeopardy rules, man. If there's no question mark, then get the hell out of here. And and I understand when you're uh, somebody like did their own question and then and then gave an answer. I was like, no, uh, I don't know. I think that's fair, but no, but it wasn't a question to us. It was like, oh. here's this question that I've answered. Oh, okay. Well, you're the judge on the uh, format. Yeah. We'll go with that. Daniel Cox says the reason why so many Republicans act like Democrats is because they are. Have you ever heard of crossover voting in primaries all over the country? Love to fill you in. I think, uh, are you the same person who emailed me about it? I know I haven't responded yet, but I'm a little bit behind. I will uh, take a look at it. The idea here is, when, I, at least as far as I understand, when you have open primaries, what Democrats will do. So in Montana, we have open primaries, for example. You can go in. You don't have to be registered to a party. I could go in and sabotage vote for Democrats. Democrats yeah. can go sabotage vote for Republicans, whatever. And they do all the time, according to this I don't know if I, is theory the right word. I, apparently this is documented. What 
Democratic or left-wing operatives do is they go in and they try to boost the leftmost Republican candidate that they possibly can. That's the idea. So that is a theory about why you get a lot of uh, soft Romney-type people instead of people actually willing to fight. I, I hadn't thought of this. I mean, I, uh, I don't like the idea of party registration to vote, yeah. vote in primaries either. I kind of hate that. But the sabotage angle is real too. So I, I, I don't have a... I'd have to put more thought about how I would want to handle the primary system. I'll have to punt on this one a little bit, but I am aware of the dynamic you're talking about. Do you have more thoughts? Nope. Um, Henry Morgan. Hey, blonde. Why doesn't anyone give you props for your artwork? Hey, oh, uh, might I suggest a Ben Shapiro theme Mona Lisa? Or how did I let this one through? <laughs> or a nude Ben Shapiro? Just kidding about Ben, obviously, and just thought I'd give you a shout out for your art. Okay. I just did a whole spiel about how like I'm not accepting illegitimate an questions. And I'm like, ooh, let me talk about my... Uh, because it's not super impressive. Okay. You're an asshat. Um, water <laughs> filter you. merchant. Good evening, Blonde. Would you consider interviewing Jay Dyer for your interview show? He would be a great guest. If you would like to hear someone who is good at arguing for the existence of God from a philosophical perspective, also he's well-versed in geopolitics and esoteric issues, Matt would be would benefit from hearing his arguments hmm. for God. Uh, sent this through the wrong channel before, so please ignore. I think I put this in twice. Um, I have. I do like Jay Dyer. I've considered it. Yeah, I think I, I will do that. Hmm. Okay. Three questions. You can't do that. Did you just take one of them? I just took one. Okay. Ian says three questions. If you have the time, I'll try to be concise. Well, I guess we're going with one. Are you, are you familiar with the concepts of voluntarism, non-aggression principle and anarcho-capitalism? Generally. Yeah. Yes. Uh, do you align with these ideas? If so, is it possible? And how can we implement over the, uh, them over time? Well, voluntarism and the non-aggression principle. Sure. I think that consent is a fundamental basis for any sort of moral structure. Um, non-aggression principle, I think, is is a similar foundational structure. You shouldn't be taking any sort of illegitimate aggression against other people who are not taking any kind of illegitimate aggression against you. Anarcho-capitalism, I think, is a, is a very purist idea. I would agree with it in a pure theoretical sense. My worry about uh, a pure anarcho-capitalist system is that justice would be achieved and enforced simply by those who can afford to buy the biggest army to enforce yeah. it. And that, uh, that is one, and maybe there are some ways to exp maybe anarcho capital. Admittedly, I've not gone deep into this philosophy. So I'm assuming that's an entry level question that anarcho capitalists have in fact considered. I would, I would want to know how justice a fundamental tenet of our country is liberty and justice for all, right? How do we ensure justice for all if justice is upheld and enforced simply by the people with the most money to buy it? Yeah. That would be my concern with that system. Um, yeah. So question is, if so, how possible can we implement this over time? Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, this isn't my ideal system, so I don't even know if I can answer. Do that. you have, um, do you have disputes with any of those fundamentals or principles besides the, the buying justice angle on anarcho-capitalism? Mm. Blonde is, blonde is the yes aggression principle, I think. <laughs> well, I just don't, I don't know that society would function if all, if, all interactions and transactions have to be totally voluntary at all times. I'm like, trying to think, I would well, opt out from taxation. Well, yeah, so, but I, I I do think that taxation is fundamentally an immoral thing. Yeah, so I. 
I understand that it, it 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 has potentially some necessity, but that's that's why it should be decentralized to the point that if I no longer consent, I can go over there where you're not doing that. I can leave. That's true. Yeah, but if it has um, any level of necessity, then some people are going to be engaging in it not on a voluntary could, basis. Could you give me an example of something that is well? What do you mean when you say that things should be, say, enforced non-voluntarily or how, how, if, if I'm characterizing that right? Um, OK, uh, let's not let's not think about this from a governmental perspective. Let's think about it from like we talk about shame all the time um, mm-hmm. in in 18th century England. Social norms were adhered to because there were tremendous social repercussions. Mm-hmm. People weren't voluntarily engaging in those they were doing them out of uh being products of a shame-based society Hmm. so i think that somewhat involuntary social constructs are good behavioral modification mechanisms i i can get with what you're what you're saying there in that voluntarism as far as i understand it really only protects your interactions with others yeah you can be immoral to the self yeah. And in certain religious teachings that I'm increasingly warm to, immoral to God, mm-hmm. immoral to God's purpose for you. So I think voluntarism is a great baseline for interactions with other people. I don't know that it gets to true moral treatment of the self, though. You can be perfectly yeah. voluntary by abusing yourself with drugs. That doesn't mean it's moral. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, I, I am in alignment with the non-aggression principle. But I do think that we should preempt uh, some elements of societal decay, like like we talked about the the tranny kid thing. Hmm. And I I think that on the face that would be a violation of the non aggression principle. Yeah, I guess the question is who's the aggressor? Is it the Rachel I mean, Levine? Is the aggressor? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Is the, and is that a violation of the non aggression principle principle to stop that then? If if that's the aggressor in that scenario. I will have to ask Stefan Molyneux. And in terms of anarcho-capitalism, there are societal pitfalls to cutthroat capitalism. There there are moral costs to this. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I would agree that a pure libertarian society that actually has no moral guidance beyond the law itself is uh, very dangerous. That's not a society that I want to participate in. You have to have... It's the classic John Adams quote. Our constitution is designed for a religious and moral people. Yeah. It really is. I mean, for, I want to trust in people's ability to govern themselves wisely, not the state to force it upon them. Yeah. Um, but I would hope that voluntarism and the non-aggression principle would, would say the same thing. You want people to arrive at this moral behavior and moral treatment of others on their own and through their own arrival, through their but own I, conclusion. But I lack but, faith in the intelligence of the populace, which leads me to believe that these are concepts that are probably not going to be widespread unless they're implemented with force. (laughs) (laughs) Ironically, that was the omitted part of the John Adams quote. Also high IQ lol. Yeah, (laughs) no, I get what you're saying. I, I, I understand my, my faith in, I, I will still remain committed to people's right to make decisions for themselves. My faith in people's ability to reason for themselves through this coronavirus year has been diminished. Not just people's ability to reason for themselves, but their want to reason for themselves. Yeah. That has been diminished to the point that you were making earlier. I think there's a healthy pop- percentage of the population that 
literally wants to be told what to do. I don't want to do the thinking. Tell me what to do. Ugh. Uh, Timja is up next. Um, on the student loan and benefits thing, the moral thing to do is even if you disagree with the policy in general, you have to believe that you will make the most out of that benefit over the individuals. Hmm. For example, is this a comment that got through because <laughs> of the many, many question marks? We got to skip this, Tim. You're the filter. Well, you've I, already read, just read the thought. You've already read half of it. Uh, for example, I know my college is basically paid for by, by financial aid and there's a component of guilt to it. But if not me, who? Some liberal arts major, some SJW who will do nothing with the gift aid, hmm. um, some other person who isn't in my poor financial situation. I have to believe that I am more able to make the most of those benefits and therefore I would do my best to maximize that opportunity. I am in agreement with that. I think that's um, fair. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Kathy Bear says, hey, guys, this is the guy who asked the natural versus human rights question. I have another short question with a long buildup. You can probably skip. Believe it or not, it is related to natural rights. So I have reasoned that healthcare is not a natural right, given that you do not have the right to someone else's labor and resources. However, I would argue that one has a moral obligation to supply medical aid in emergency scenarios, if able, regardless of the patient's race sexual orientation, ability to pay, etc. I would also argue that the state would be within the grounds of its obligation to protect and uphold natural rights to criminally or civilly enforce this moral obligation. Now for the question part, if you agree with the premise I created, as to what extent would you believe the state has an obligation to enforce other moral obligations? I don't know that I would. This is a question of uh, priority here. And if you yeah. agree that people own their own labor, where does the fit where does that fit on the moral stack? And I would place that fairly high, if not the highest. I think property rights are are paramount. Yeah. And and I agree that that you that a good person should help other people to the extent that you are able. That you shouldn't let somebody suffering on the side of the street suffer medical duress if you have the capacity to intervene and help. That said, do I think that if you, for whatever reason, opt not to provide your labor, that you have committed a moral offense that is punishable by the state, I can't grant that premise because to grant that premise to me would be to legitimize. I know this sounds insane, but to <laughs> me, to legitimize slavery as a concept. That is yeah. to say, who owns that labor, the state or the individual? And I can't grant premises that say the state owns that labor to the extent that they can compel somebody to provide it. Because the but second I, I grant that premise, I know it's not the same. We're not talking about picking cotton and lashing backs in the South. But the ownership of your own labor is of paramount moral importance to me. So I can't really compromise that. Just comparing yourself to one of those people from Roots, aren't you? <laughs> People don't shit. like it, but what is the definition of slavery? The definition of slavery is someone else believes they have ownership or an inherent entitlement to your labor, and they don't. No, you didn't. Maybe this will get you your hit piece. I know. If you're a rich doctor who refuses a hobo, you're exactly the same as a, a guy picking cotton in the South in the 1850s. Exactly well, the same spammed thing. spammed in the live chat. Oh, no. Is it flat earthers or what? No, somebody is saying Trump lost lol, but like from a billion different accounts. Sorry, mods. <laughs> wow. We've really all been annoying. owned. <laughs> How will we recover? Oh, my uh, God. You, uh, this is definitely the biggest Trump super fan uh, channel, too. You know, Blonde yeah. raves about Trump all day. 
please more Kushner. <laughs> yeah. More Kushner in the white house. Um, Chris M uh, says, Hey, okay, we can figure faggots. it out. We can figure it out later if it becomes a problem. Sorry to the, uh, sincere chatters at the moment. Um, I am not that Corona mask drunk diving douchebag. And I think master dumb. So don't delete me, please delete it. <laughs> His questions did remind me of a thought that it occurred to me. Almost every argument that I am given that supports mask mandates also argues for making smoking illegal. Ugh. <laughs> yet it's not. Is this as simple as cognitive dissonance or does it speak more to government control and revenue sources? I mean, aren't you operating under the assertion that transient secondhand smoke causes serious health problems? It doesn't. Mm. Transient secondhand smoke. If you're secondhand smoke like in a house with somebody, it's it's probably going to do some damage. But like me walking through a cloud of smoke, it's not going to do anything. So yeah, and I, I, in the same situation, I, I actually would not be in favor of of telling private property owners they have to ban smoking. That would yeah. not be my preferred policy. Um, let me. Re- I'm not sure I understand fully. Almost every argument that I am given that supports mask mandates also argues for making smoking illegal. Yeah. Uh, yet it's not. Oh, y- you mean just in general, not even in a private business? Con- like you should not be allowed to smoke a cigarette in any context. Oh, okay. Well, if if you take those arguments that yeah, you're you're creating a burden on the healthcare system. Well, yes, you are in both contexts. People say if you if you refuse to wear a mask, you shouldn't be allowed medical treatment. Well, the same reasoning would apply to eating poorly, smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Um smoking uh, smoking in public carries some risk to other people, I suppose. If outside, I mean, what are we really talking about? And if inside yeah. a business, if it's done with the consent of the property owner and with the consent of everyone else in there, then what are we really talking about either? Um, I'm not sure I fully understand the question, but but yeah, if what you're saying is that if we grant this premise, it is a green light to invade a whole bunch of other quote unquote risky liberties that are just part of normal life, then yeah, I agree yeah. in full. And the other thing I'll say, I, I just want to clarify, I don't, I didn't do a good job, enough job of clarifying this last week. As far as that caller. It has nothing to do with the topic of that. that no, caller. that guy just sucks. If you've listened to the show for a while, that caller has been bad faith on repeated occasions. And I've given this person many, many chances in good faith. And he repeatedly abuses them. So the second he got through, that wasn't even intended on my part. He got through because I didn't recognize who he is. So I had to make fun of him a little bit and then move on because I'm not going to allow this guy to, to treat our platform in the way he has in the past. So questions perfectly legitimate. Treatment by that caller has not been thus moving on. I should have explained that better and didn't because it gives the impression that you're, you, you, know, you can't ask these sorts of questions about masks. You absolutely right. can. Yeah. Just don't be a complete insufferable douchebag douche about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all. Uh, thanks, Chris. And if, if I didn't get to the question thoroughly enough, just send a follow-up. I'm not sure I totally understood, but uh, anyway. Uh, Bone says, hey, Matt. Hey, Blonde. I found your podcast last week, and I'm slightly hey. addicted. Well, thank you for uh, however you found it. It's di- increasingly difficult to find. I was wondering, how difficult is it to start up making podcasts? And also, if you have you guys seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail? What's your favorite quote or scene from that movie? Obviously, a new listener, because he thinks I listen to movie or watch movies. It's been a really long, like, I haven't seen it in, like, 20 years i've never seen a single movie in my life hope you two have an amazing day and keep up the great work thanks for your time well thank you for tuning in uh my advice to if you're making a podcast or any kind of similar stream um if i were starting over right now i'd make some more practice episodes to get some technological things ironed out but also to evaluate do i enjoy doing this 
Yeah. I'm sure Blonde would agree when I... The first thing we agreed on when we set to do this was like, okay, regularity is key. Mm-hmm. Are you down to do this every Sunday, no matter what? Basically, no exceptions. Yeah. We agreed. That's To grow something like this, that's how it has to be done. It has to be regular. Your audience has to know what they're getting, when they're getting it. It can't be random times. It can't be months off and then you reappear. Yeah. Long form content in particular is about building that community at a regular time at a regular pace. Yep. And maintaining that is all about enjoying it. If if you make a practice episode for an hour and you're like, I hated that. I hated that. that. Yeah. You're never going to sustain. You have to enjoy it for its own sake, whether it's one person listening or a thousand or a hundred thousand. So it's not hard to get into and even decent equipment to start. I mean, you could, you could get a good sounding podcast with a, a really base level PC and a $50 mic. It's not hard to do. Um, but the passion for it is there or it's not. And of course, these days, Susan doesn't like people who talk independently. So you have that and a lot of platforms. Don't you have that barrier going for you too, but like any hobby, think of it as a hobby, do it for its own sake. If you decide I love doing this, carry on. Sorry. Has there been a murder in your home? So can you hear it? No, it's just oh, the look on your face. Poor baby. Uh, let's see. Um, we do have a few more. Well, uh, do you want to take questions or do you need to check on that? And I can come, I could take some chats and come back no, to questions. It's okay. She's going through a leap. So like when I leave the room, she starts to cry now. So mm. she's just having a, she's having a rough day. Bobby's up next. Uh, Bobby, this is for Matt regarding his understanding of Rick Santorum and the slippery slope fallacy. I believe the logic is not in the rationale behind the consequential slopes, but in replacing the original standard altogether. Hmm. If you can justify replacing the original standard, then you can justify replacing the replacement. That's nonsense, whatever it is. Um, It's not so much that each replacement logically follows the other, but that in a Judeo-Christian, did Jordan Peterson write this? If we can erase a standard set by God and scribble the standard of the day set by man, Hmm. then whatever comes next can always be justified. I think that is the sentiment he was trying to convey. Your thoughts? I can see that. I also had another emailer this week try to explain to me, just to refresh people. On Sunday, I was talking about how I uh, the Rick Santorum references I used to, you know, 10 years ago, I used to laugh at Rick Santorum for saying gay marriage was going to lead to dog marriage and men becoming women and all the things. And that seemed absurd. And now a lot of that stuff has become somewhat real, or at least in the conversation. And I've never understood why granting the premise of gay marriage should lead to such further silliness down the, down the line. Yeah. And another one, another email sent emailer sent me a, a theory on how the logic connected. His idea was, okay, if you, uh, if you start, this is the view of the email. I, I, I want to qualify because this is, we're just, we're spitballing here. We're thinking about the connection. I'm not, this is not a condemnation of gay people or anything like that. All right. Um, but you the emailers, faggot homos. <laughs> the emailers theory was, okay, at some level, what it means to be a man is relative to what it means to be a woman and the combination of the two in marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Generally speaking, traditionally speaking, if you delegitimize what that means to be a man and to be a woman and to be together in marriage, maybe delegitimize is, is the wrong word to change what that means such that men can marry men, women can marry women. You've changed what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman relative to each other. Right. Which leads to gender and the distinctions between men and women 
becoming much more malleable, amorphous, those sorts of things. That's probably the best explanation that I've heard. That's a little tighter of a logical connection makes a little bit more sense to me. I'm not saying that I, I agree or disagree, but the, the logic of the thinking starts to come together for me in, in that way. So I, I can start to see it a little bit more. I don't know. I, I don't know how dogs get into it yet. <laughs> we're, just, we're still not quite there, but trust me in, in uh, 10 years time when uh, Kamala is finishing out her like third term or whatever, and there's some new Democrat taking office and their new nominee is a, uh, is not Rachel Levine, but it's uh, Fido Levine for health secretary, and it like will have will have really slipped the slope. Yeah. Mm. Um, McMonahan, could it ever be practical to make arranged marriages normal again in an ideal society? Would you prefer this for your own children? I mean, of course, I would prefer this for my children. I well, you know, I'm a big fan of people making choices for themselves. So foolish, even for my own kids. I'm not I'm not going to get on board with that. But uh, what's um, what's your thinking? Why, why are you a big fan of that? Um, because I think I could probably make a better long term choice hmm. than I, I, I think arranged marriages in society, uh, if adhered to, are often a positive force. Hmm. It, it seems to work very well in a variety of cultures. And but the thing is, you you have to have smart, responsible parents. They if your parents are retards, picks. yeah. If your well, parents are don't, retards, don't you have some? Uh, even beyond the question of who should pick, aren't you, uh, arranged marriage win? Like what age? Eighteen. Oh, okay, okay. So you can evaluate the person at that time. I was thinking like you pick, you make a commitment to wed your daughter to some son, and they're both like five now, but they're going to get married at twenty in fifteen years. No, I just start interviewing suitors when my daughter is gotcha. 16. We make some decisions by the time she's 18 to 22. Okay, that makes a little more sense to me. Because I was thinking it's like, well, I'm going to agree to marry her off to some guy who we, is a total wild card. We don't even know who the hell this is. No, that's he hasn't developed idea. yet. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I would never do that. Hmm. Okay. Emily says, did you know that the suffragettes were terrorists who bombed buildings and used chemical warfare? I did not. Uh, do you do you have knowledge of this? Yeah, they were angry hags, the feminists of their days, and they ruined everything. She also had a link. Um, yes, Emily, I was aware of that. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dick or Relius, would either of you ever consider having a lefty on the show to debate or going on a debate channel yourselves? Debates are fun to watch, and I'd love to see both of you doing some. I don't know. We've been down that road before. Uh, sure. I, I, I'm. I've invited people onto the channel before. It, it, the thing is like, it really turns out, turns out to be a useful uh, use of time or effort. It almost never materializes. Yeah. And it's also not generally the content that I enjoy or want to produce. Um, that's not to say I won't participate. I, I don't get invitations very often. And the the thing about debates though, I, I actually would not do, I would not want to do any kind of team debate like you and me versus somebody else. No, we've done that before too. Um, and I, so I'd want to do it on our own. And the thing is, um, I've made the mistake on my own channel, as I mentioned of thinking like, okay, this is a good faith person. I don't really need a moderator. I don't need rules. We'll just have a good faith discussion. It'll be fine. It never is. It turns into a yelling contest and then you, yeah. it just, you, you got to get so many things to come together to have it be a success. And all, 
more often than not, they, they turn into absolute disasters. It's rare that I turn into that I tune into a, a debate on YouTube and I'm like, oh wow, that was a great productive use of time. It really and made I really, me think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that some people have an appetite for that, like the blood sport type of stuff. That's totally fine. I I, I understand why people consider that entertaining. That's not my thing, but I get it. I, I would yeah. say that don't look to me for that. That's not going to be the aim with which I make content. Not that it can't happen from time to time, but that's not going to be my aim. Yeah. Ken says president, vice presidential ticket for 2024 that could win without the two parties. Mike Rowe, the dirty jobs actor and Tulsi Gabbard. Oh uh, yeah. I, I generally like both of them. Tulsi. I have some policy disputes with, but I wouldn't freak out if she was the president. No. Although Biden's the president and I'm not freaking out now. Is he? <laughs> is he though yeah yeah <laughs> skank 3's woke ex-trans wife from another life mm. i didn't know about this what is your opinion on classical education compared to our modern education system what changes would you have would you make to the public education system to make it more effective hmm. should the government have any role in education and if so how much and at what level what should be the goal of public education no, of course the government shouldn't have a have a role in it. This is not the responsibility of the government. The government's role should be so limited that it barely exists. I can't even think of a a reason that the government would be involved in any level of education. Uh, best I can do for you on that one is the states, but the federal government has absolutely no business in this. Get rid of the Department of Education yesterday. Yeah, yeah for uh, and I don't. Uh, uh, I think that's a matter of constitutional principle, but I think it's also a matter of practicality. Is it, has the has the Federal Department of Education improved our education system in any way? No. Not really. Um, um, classical education, I think, is vastly superior. People were getting better educations in one-room schools where everybody was in a different grade with a single teacher than they're getting now. Hmm. Like, obviously... Uh, a devotion to literary classics and, you know, just the, the way that classical education used to be structured was clearly superior. Our grandparents were better educated. Our great grandparents were even better educated than we were. Mm. Uh, what changes should be made? But this should all be privatized. I would go with that. And I, even beyond just the public education system, if I could make changes to education structure in general, I wish I wish in my educational experience that I was taught more and challenged more philosophically rather than I, th I think I had pretty good teachers overall. I really do. I, I, I would, I would uh, vouch for most of them to this day, but a lot of it is regurgitation of facts. It is. And, and uh, math and science, maybe this doesn't really apply because those are more just uh, objective studies, but questions of, of say um, civics or things like that, just, I want more philosophical soundness on America in general. Yeah. I feel like people don't understand. People fall for this line that our country was uh, designed by a bunch of old white men centuries ago who were so primitive in their views that they couldn't possibly understand the complexities of today. Now, they were actually very philos philosophically sound on the natural world and human nature. Yeah. And you don't have to agree with it, but I just don't feel like I walked out of high school in particular with a solid understanding of the philosophy of this country. No. That I would like to see more. I I think that's so much more important than knowing the specifics of the Battle of Gettysburg. 
or the yeah. specifics of the little big horn or something like that. You, you need to know the why questions on the founding of the country and the design of the country way more than you need to know, like some general's name from a hundred years ago. That's, that's what I would change. Incompetent hand says, do you think the average high school student could tell you which political party freed the slaves lockdowns, trans kids, race baiting, all of it could be the rights fault in a couple of decades. Yeah. I mentioned a couple or I mentioned optics a few months back and blonde scoffed. Maybe messaging is a more apt word. Um, Can we break through the left's control of the narrative and keep the ball on the left's need to centralize everything while proving their ideas can't handle competition? Well, there's no doubt that, um, I think the right or any not the the non woke leftists in general are not great with messaging and optics in that way. But uh, I guess the question is, do you do you do I want to win that war? Do I want to win the narrative crafting crafting or do I want to win the truth? Yeah, I, I, I don't want to play their game. I know that means that you might lose to them, though. So it's a really difficult question. It's not. We have to play their game. Well, we have to win. I can't. But the we've thing also is, already lost, so I don't know what to do here. <laughs> not only do I have a moral objection to that sort of emotional manipulation of people, I have no talent for it. I, I can't. I can't stir up some bullshit lie to try to get you to believe a particular view of the world as blonde smirks. Blonde's going to have to be the architect of she's going to have to run the propaganda ministry, man. That's, that's not my, that's not my bit. I am so good at that. So good. (laughs) Inherent female skill. I have just destroyed (laughs) people doing that. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that we would be better off if we were less, morally adherent and concerned with morality. Hmm. Can we propagandize people into believing the truth? Uh, I'm fine with that. Maybe it is just a matter of presentation. Uh, Certainly you can go, you talk about lockdowns, trans kids, race baiting, all the things he mentioned. Those are all morally egregious things. Every single one of them. Yeah. And yet we probably don't go after them with the same aggression with which they go after us. You can you can maintain fidelity to the truth and still go after them for those things. So it's yeah, not mutually yeah. exclusive. Maybe we just need to get a little more rhetorically aggressive, get a little more accusatory. I I really don't like accusing people of malice, but you got to recognize it where it exists. And there's These plenty of it. People want to kill you. Oh, I have no doubt that if if they could push a button to not only delete our channel but but actually make us die. They, they would. Yeah. So who gives a fuck? <laughs> well, I still I still think I have a moral obligation to try to differentiate between people who simply disagree with me versus people who want me dead. Oh, yeah, fine. And, uh, but do you have no moral obligation to anybody that wants you dead? Fuck those yeah, people. but this is the pitfall of the left. Like the, they think Black Lives Matter has convinced themselves that that the rest of the world wants them dead. And so they're justified in burning down they the entire world. They don't believe that. I think they do. I don't know. I think a lot of them sincerely do wrongly. If they truly looked in their hearts and they, and they thought, you know, do people actually want me dead or do I just want to loot? I think the answer (laughs) therein lies. The most philosophically sound moment ever achieved at a black lives matter. Right. I know. Yeah. Hmm. Uh. Um, 
after this question, I'm going to have to book my, my poor husband. Okay. Oh my God. Um, Ryan. Hey guys, I'm in medical school in New York and it's wild how many smart and educated people I'm hearing bad mouth Texas, Florida, et cetera, for not having mask mandates. Hmm. Is it really worth engaging these people who would in theory be my colleagues in the future, knowing that they are so brainwashed for lack of a better word? I don't know, man. It's like the the college question. Should I get through college and put my head down or should I fight with my professors? I don't know. Ride the tiger. Do what's best for you. At this point in time, if people are still buying this, especially medical professionals, uh, I'm not really sure that you'd be able to change their mind. You probably would just end up sabotaging yourself. I think you got to get through this one. To be in medical school, first of all, the prospect for success for you is very high if you get through that and mm-hmm. do a good job. Yeah. Um, that you probably want to take that uh, opportunity for its own sake. But if you were to bail on medical school or something like that, that's also a huge waste of time and I presume money. So I think you're probably in one of those situations where you want to get through it and exert your influence later, which in the medical community will be hugely helpful until they ban you all on YouTube for talking about hydroxychloroquine or whatever else it is. Yeah. But in your situation, I would say, yeah, get through it, build, build yourself into the most powerful version of yourself that you can which you are excellently poised to do and exert your influence later when you have the the levers of power and you're probably well on your way to uh to having control of some of those so yep all the best deal deal with the frustration for the moment i gotta relieve my poor my my poor (laughs) husband he hasn't had a week like this in a long where did you leave off on youtube so i can find the right spot um the last one oh my gosh Poor girl. Do, do, do. Hold on, I'm reloading. Uh, the last one. Oh, okay, Matt McFadder. Uh, blonde, I wanted to thank you. I was in a dark time in my life, and hearing that you were too uh, gave me hope uh, and a feeling that I'm not alone. You aren't alone. Mm. It's, it's a dark time for all of us, Matt. Hope you're thank doing you well, so much. Matt. Yeah, yeah I, I, I assume that was a reference to your, uh, to your conversation with um, Dave Riley. Yeah, I think so. Um, anyway, if anybody else has anything that they've said specifically to me, I apologize. I have to uh, relieve my husband. Not All right. Sexually. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. I'll see you on Sunday. All right. Have a good night. Uh, hold on. Let me get double me off the screen here. There we go. Uh, okay. I will. I will uh, catch up with the chat, and we'll call it a night. Thank you for patience, guys. Um, Holy cow, over on Trovo, Mr. Mike Hawk going crazy, gifting the subs. Thank you for that. Uh, Chubby Stubby, thank you for supporting the show as well. Mike Hawk also says, what's Matt's favorite yeet cannon? Don't say 22 or 17 uh, caliber. Those don't count. Um, I really enjoy my 223 Axis. Um, If I had to pick one firearm in my entire safe, to have for basically all purposes it'd probably be my cz scorpion and i know you know it's got its own limitations nine mil does but just as a a a great all-around defense uh compact but highly accurate and highly just great gun that's usable not just for me but for anybody who doesn't even who isn't even great with guns it's uh that's one of those guns that i can just put it in anybody's hand and they're they're pretty much on target so and and I don't know that that CZ Scorpion has ever failed on me. And it's pretty much go anywhere. Uh, it's pretty compact. So that would be that would be probably my pick out of my safe if I was picking just one. But of course, the answer is never one. The answer is all. Um, anyway, 
Thank you, uh, Mike. Appreciate that. Darth Jones supporting the show. Thank you for that. Appreciate you guys. Maybe Trovo is coming to life. I appreciate that. I also see the DLive feed, but DLive band interaction. So appreciate you guys if you're watching on DLive. We'll see what happens there. Um, let me check in on Tippy Stream here. Phil says libertarians would rather the American nation commit suicide by immigration than admit that they are utopian thinkers with little to no sympathy for their own folk. Open borders is inseparable from libertarianism since uh, nationhood gets uh, in the way of my GDP. I don't know that it's I don't know that it's inseparable, but I, I there is there is certainly a healthy faction of libertarianism that suffers from the faults that you're describing. I, I would absolutely agree with that. And that's part of my hesitation with committing to the libertarian label um, because of that dilemma that liberty only survives among those who value it. And if we are just going to pretend that we can, uh, that as long as it's the classic meme, right? As long as I'm living in a mansion, it doesn't matter if it's nothing but <laughs> nothing but dumpsters and dumpster fires around me. It does matter. And of course uh, I think there are a lot of problems with moral relativism too within the libertarian community that as long as I'm not harming somebody else, there's no problems or implications whatsoever. There clearly are. I just, I'm so skeptical of the state as, as an effective or justified um, vehicle for those moral standards that, that that's, that's part of my alignment with uh, libertarian philosophy. Brooks Neal says, Matt, please go look at what was just announced about the Washington Redskins cheerleaders. Okay. Let's see what we got. Uh, it's not the Washington Redskins anymore. Uh, it's the Washington football team, by the way. Let's Washington football team cheerleaders. What do we got? Washington football team replaces cheerleaders with co-ed dance squad. So there will be guys on the uh, the Washington football team cheerleading squad. That is uh, what we're dealing with. The Rams actually did this a few seasons ago. Oh, it's not even a cheerleading squad. It's just a co-ed dance team, period. Washington to create co-ed dance team after cheerleader scandals. So I'm sure this is uh, great. Well, I would say that's not going to put butts in the stands, but of course we don't care about butts in the stands anymore. We don't do that. Maybe we never will. My God. Phil also says the government and private organizations dumping millions of refugees on Americans is violence. No matter how much they call it enrichment or other euphemisms, it's still violence. The founders would indeed be stacking bodies by now defensively, Susan. But if it is violence, as Phil's saying, I suppose perhaps it would be. Okay. Uh, Thunderstorm says uh, over on YouTube, immigration should be based on attractiveness. Surely we could we could make an objective scale on this one. (laughs) Uh, the black people says we miss you too, blonde. Come back to the Lou. Oh, St. Louis. This, this must be a reference to her comment earlier. Dean J says, Hey guys, want to say you two are awesome. Love you. God bless. Well, thank you for tuning in and thank you for keeping us on the air. Tuffle Hooten says it's not compromise. If you get nothing, it's, it's a capitulation national registry and open up machine guns would be compromise. Yeah, that's a fair point. When was the last pro gun? compromise when was the last loosening of federal gun laws you can find some state examples but the the last uh compromise in favor of gun owners and gun ownership at the federal level i i I can't name one certainly not in my lifetime and probably not in the last century if there's even one at all 
Justine uh, Bollards said, oh, wait, sorry. John Martin says, uh, have you read not uh, live not by lies? One of the most profound books I've read in years. I have not, but I'm not familiar with it. Um, if you want to send me an email, perhaps I can check it out. Thank you, John. Justine Bollard says uh, more by age does not add value. Uh, my, my mind is blank on what I assume it was a reference to earlier in the show, but, uh, anyway, sorry, sorry, Justine, but thank you for supporting the show. Mr. Gold Ember, just because the moderators are on point tonight, uh, may the band hammer be strong with you. Well, I, I guess I didn't see what was going on in the chat, but if, uh, there was some kind of raid, then Godspeed to them. Uh, and I'll have to examine what happened after the fact. We really have not had too many issues ever since the flat earthers raided us a couple years ago. And I try to be pretty, I, I, I try to do as minimal intervention on the chat as possible. But, uh, I did, I did ban flat earth talk at the time because they wouldn't go away. It was just, it was dozens, if not hundreds of people just spamming flat earth. It was really obstructive. So had to bend my principles on that one. Uh, Ralph DeLong says, uh, Hey guys, I'm back. By the way, everyone loves blonde. Now Matt is another story. Oh, actually Matt should be a professional debater. He's great, articulate and very knowledgeable. Well, that's very kind of you. I should not be a, um, I am not going to be niggardly. Thank you for supporting the show. I should not be a professional debater. And actually I don't have a lot of skill in that, in that area. Uh, that's an area in which I certainly could develop skill. And uh, I don't know. I don't know that it's an area that I want to become. I don't know that I want to to build that or be that. But it's a totally different level of thinking. And, and I'm not to say that one's better than the other. But to be a skilled debater, especially if the objective is to win, kind of a differentiation here. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to find the truth or are you trying to win? And if you're trying to win, it's all about quick wittedness, trapping an opponent, using an opponent's logic against him, exposing flaws in the logic. That's a game of sorts and you have to be smart to do it. To me, I want to, the search for the truth is more important than that. And also, um, I don't think I do my best thinking right off the cuff. That's not to say that I can't. And I I, want to be as quick as possible, obviously. But to me, I I want to sit and think about something over a prolonged period of time. I want to sit down and write out words about it. I want to consider possible criticisms, possible holes. I want to think slowly about it. And debate is not debate can be that because debate, you obviously want to prep for what your opponents are going to say and expect their moves before they actually bring them. It's kind of a chess match in that way. So there is slow form thinking with debate too, but I just, uh, I don't want to play a game. I I want to search for the truth and I want to find it. And I want to, I, I just think I do my best thinking at a slower pace, not on the spot. Think about it over time. And that's, that's just kind of how I operate. Uh, Ryan Hass says based mods. Well, what did they do? They must, there must've been some uh, swift justice in the chat. Uh, Mr. Gold Ember. Thank you for the, uh, the emojis. I can barely see them, but they're animated. They look like hippos or dinosaurs or something. Uh, Meadily says, if I ran the zoo taught me valuable lesson that minorities are always good for a laugh. See Kyle. For additional context, in all seriousness, what does Kyle have to say about it? These commie figs can eat my engorged chorizo. Yeah, actually, my wife uh, texted me earlier today and she said, uh, for, you know, for future family purposes, we have to we have to get all the Dr. Seuss books. And I said, 
okay, but how much are the band ones now? Because I hadn't looked and I know the price is going to go up. So she went and looked online. And actually, Tim Pool was tweeting about it. Some of these band ones used on Amazon are going for $1,000 now. I am paying $1,000 for a Dr. Seuss book. But the ones that aren't banned, maybe we'll pick them up. Dangerous Spaces. Uh, did you get my uh, last uh, did you get my last Twitter message earlier? Perhaps not. I don't know. Um, but I will certainly catch up on my DMs uh, later tonight or tomorrow. Thank you, sir. Uh, John Martin says, live not by lies, a manual for... Uh, Live not by lies, a manual for dissident uh, word banned by YouTube. Well, what's the banned word? Now I have to look. A manual for Christian dissidents. Why is Christian banned? Well, I guess uh, we're not. Uh, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Thunderstorm as an uh, as a nationalist wouldn't supportive communal structure be benefit beneficial to citizens and state alike. Well, I, I certainly believe in communal structure as long as they are a, a voluntary association. I don't want people to be captive in certain communities. I don't want people to be coerced into participating in certain communities. As long as everybody's a willing participant, they all know why they're there and they want to be there. Yeah, community community isn't just good. It, it's crucially important. I want to live among neighbors who share my same value system, uh, with whom I have common interests, common just commonality in general. I don't want to live among, even if they were perfectly moral and, and never committed any crimes, never abused anybody. I don't necessarily want to live among people with whom I have nothing but morality in common. You know, I still want to watch a football game. I still want to go to the shooting range. I still want to have friends who do things that I do. I still want to speak the same language, all that stuff. You want, you want friends with commonality. So yeah, I think that stuff is important. I just, you know, as long as as long as people are choosing those sorts of things would would be my own my only caveat on that. Uh, Black Magic says uh, the yikes cry out in pain as Martin uh, Martin Van Nost. Oh, he's one of the he's Martin's one of our mods throws down the chambers more fire sun. Well, I don't I don't know what happened. So I guess I'll have to check it out. Michael Shorno says I've been a fan of the show for a long time and I'm long overdue f- to show support. Please uh, keep up the good fight. Well, thank you for keeping us on the air and helping this community sustain. That is much appreciated. Okay, I think we are all set, guys. I'll uh, check over on uh, Tippy Stream and we'll call it a night. Uh, yeah, yeah, we are uh, we are all set. So thank you for uh, hanging out with us tonight. Much appreciated, guys. As always, uh, appreciate your patience with uh, Blonde Situation as well. And, of course, we'll be back on Sunday talking about whatever happens with the rest of the week. I don't have a lot in my notes about uh, about what I want to what I want to talk about necessarily. I do know uh, that I want to talk a little bit more about some of the, some of the specifics of this flu stuff. Like I was talking about at the top of the show, because this is uh, the fact that anybody buys this is completely outrageous. But this is what we're supposed to believe. Anyway, we'll see you Sunday. Have a good night.